and the rest of those guys and they say it, it's it's changing um it's night and day um and it's exciting it's exciting and those guys are are gonna have a great year this year um so don't be surprised if you know we go 10 and 2 11 Whoa. and 1. um um so careful Whoa, whoa. Whoa. let me tweet it real quick let me tweet it. <laughs> i'm going to twitter right now that, that's a uh... surprise but also you know you got to be realistic that's at the you know that's at the high end hey guys it's terrence man you're listening to hear the spear presented by no game day go those hey what's up this is peter ward aka he in the house so we're listening to hear the spear presented by no game day go live go nose Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Gordon Robinson from Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. We are here, primetime, 835 on Wednesday nights now. And to blow it up, start off with Wednesday night, we are welcoming on 2013 Lou Groth Award winner, Roberto Aguayo. My man, how you doing? Good to have you. What's up, guys? No, glad to be on. Uh, this, is, this is exciting. Absolutely, man. First off, you know, I'm a big, you know, the 2013 year, that was huge. That's when we actually started covering Florida State, so... That year was impressive. I mean, we'll, we'll get into a little bit later on, but it is nice to have you on and reach out. I know that you've got a lot of stuff going on that you're working on, a lot of interviews that I've seen you're doing. I think it's awesome, and you're getting a lot of good coverage on it too. But tell us about what you're doing. You know, We'll talk about it a little bit later. You know, you worked a little bit with uh, current kicker, Ryan Fitzgerald, but talk about your academy, what you're doing, and helping out a lot of these youngins. Definitely, yeah. I started uh, my academy about two years ago. Um, I felt the, the, the demand was there. You know, I had parents reach out to me and saying, hey, can you help my son? Kids on, on Instagram reaching out saying, you know, how, take a look at my swing. How can I get better? Want to want to be like you, you know, break records, win grosses. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll create my own academy, you know, do it on the side, kind of help guys out. And then um, I worked with a couple guys uh, privately, you know, one on one. And then COVID hit. I was going to do a camp. Um, and then, um, then, you know, COVID hit, then I got into the corporate world. So then I put that on the back, back burner, but now that I have the opportunity to, to really focus on that again, um, I wanted to, uh, to do a camp. Um, and the best time was, uh, the day before the, um, the Notre Dame game, cause I know it's, it's going to be tough with season starting and, and, uh, middle school, you know, high school football. Uh, water football, but um, uh, really an opportunity to showcase um, what 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 my academy is about. But really, you know, put up the digital platform that I can uh, work with kids one on one um, over digitally uh, on the platform. So that's exciting, and I'm excited to roll this out. Um, and uh, here in the 
in the next two weeks. And you said that's going to be at Florida High, Dustin, and your alumni there, Florida High. Florida High, over yeah. There. And what time is that going to be at? Uh, registration begins at 8.30, um, and it'll be – camp will start at 9, and then it'll end at 3. It's a full-day camp. Food, foods, uh, lunch is going to be available, a lot of uh, Q&A, um, a lot of talks on the mental game. It's not just going to be all outside kicking the whole time. So um, – more about you know how to develop you as a as a complete specialist as a complete kicker um long snapper and punter so i'm excited so if you're a kicker punter be there <laughs> that's a place to be and it's Definitely. perfect timing labor day weekend and you've got florida state versus notre dame the, uh, the next day so if you're in town yeah. perfect timing Definitely. you'll be you'll be kicking on some quality fields out there that's oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah i've been out there they, guys, that's nice that's nice stuff out there uh-huh it is. Florida, I went to trials here in town, so we, we beat them in our spring game. So I don't have anything against them. I don't have anything against them. That's false. <laughs> Go ahead, D-Lou. I oh, I thought you were next. Yeah, Roberto, I was just going to ask you, what was it like getting to play under Jimbo Fisher throughout your career at Florida State? What was what was he like, you know, both on the field and off the field? Um, he's, uh, like, let's say, he's elite. Um you going into college, I mean, you're 18 years old still. You need a, you need a, your head coach is basically like a father figure. Um, you're still, I mean, you're still a kid, right? And he knew how to um, get guys going when they needed to. He knew when to hold back. Um, and he, and he, he would always say, I want you to play to your best potential, right? I know when you're not excelling at what you're able to. So he would tell you and say like, Hey, you're not, you're not, you're not doing as good. You're not playing as good. And sometimes it would, it would kind of hurt you and be like, wow, like my own coach said that, but that's why I feel like that's why we were the way we were. We were good. Um, and a uh, great coach looking back at it. Um, you know, I've been around a, a, a bunch of coaches in my career. And he's definitely the best. Would you say he's the toughest coach you've been around? You know, you've been around in the NFL, you know, in various spots. But, you know, I was able to go and spend some time with little, uh, both the little Fishers with Ethan and also Trey. So I got to see Jumbo behind the scenes and how he would talk to Jameis a few times in the offices. But it was, it was he had really, you know, stern coach. And I guess you really liked that, how he was, you know, being truthful to you. Being truthful, very stern. Um, you kind of there's there's different styles of coaching. Some are more laid back, but to me, you know, he was laid back when he needed to be. But most, he's more of a stern coach. Um, but you need that when you're that age. Um, you need someone, at least for me, you know, someone to be there, hold you accountable. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was like that all the time in meetings and and um, and everything on the practice field. I mean, yeah, you guys, a lot of the uh, fans would never be on the practice field, and he would rip into you. I mean, all the coaches. Um, that's why I feel like we were so good. Mm -hmm. Going into like 2013, along with 2014, we'll start off with 2013 first, but. You know, how, how was it with that whole season in the locker room? You know, what was the the vibe there? Because we've heard so many stories about the leaders there. You had uh, Timmy Jernigan, of course, Jameis Winston's in there, Telvin Smith, James Wilder Jr. Tell us about how that, that locker room felt because we got to hear so many 
cool things about it, but what was the locker room behind the scenes? Well, it really started back, um, I want to say, maybe 2010 with the, the Christian Ponder, um, EJ Manuel, those guys started setting the tone. And that's when, you know, Telvin, um, Telvin was like a freshman, seeing it with those guys. And then I remember when I was there, my freshman year, my true freshman year, uh, Bjorn Warner. Um, you know, I was 18. He was like, what, 21, 22. Um, he, he, I, I, I felt like he was a, the leader that year in 2012, along with, you know, Lonnie Pryor, those guys, we were just talking about him, um, Dustin Hopkins. And then that led into that 13 year where just the guys you mentioned, um, the leadership um, was there. And at that time, you uh, like to me, I thought, well, this is how every team um, is. This is how every team is ran. Um, yes, we have leaders, but not until you look back and, and look back and then then being a part of other teams where you're like, you just feel like this is not a championship team. Like I know I've been a part of one and now I know like this, this isn't it. Um, just the, it starts with the leadership. It starts with the coaches, then it starts with the leaders, them holding you accountable. And really it, it's not having a cancer on the team. And a cancer is like one guy that, that isn't doing well or is it because that it'll affect the rest of the team. Cause once, you know, someone isn't doing the right job or, you know, isn't, you know, is slacking off, is loafing off, not going to workouts, not going to tutoring that starts creeping in. And once you have one, it's, it's easy for the whole team to start to gravitate toward that guy. And that's what will bring a, a championship team down. But that year we didn't have any of that. Everyone was on the same page and we were rolling. And you just uh, you just mentioned Dustin Hopkins, and obviously he, along with yourself, you guys are two of the best kickers in Florida State history. So during that redshirt year in 2012, getting to sit behind him, how much would you say that helped you throughout your career, just getting to learn from him for a year? Um, I would say that was a big uh, key to my success um, because I remember coming in my freshman year and it's you like you're it's like a deer in the headlights you're just like okay well i'm playing football and i'm also at a university i gotta you know make sure i'm getting to my right classes on time you know it's it's just a, a, a lot of that is overwhelming and to me i look at it as 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 being a specialist or being a quarterback like especially going into the league if you see if you really look at it these quarterbacks that get drafted uh in the first round and the guys that sit behind a year and learn and get the speed of the game, you know, get the playbook down, they end up succeeding. Your Patrick Mahomes, your um, Patrick Mahomes, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, I mean, I can name off a, a, a whole list, but I feel like that court, that's the same way how I was behind Dustin. I watched mm -hmm. what he did. I saw how he approached the game. You know, I saw when he warmed up, when, you know, what he did for recovery you know, cold tubs, um, pre, uh, uh, prehab and rehab and everything, um, all that goes into it. And that's what the, the fan or the, the people on the outside don't see. Um, so now, you know, when you look at a true freshman and you look at a retro freshman coming in, you can see like, okay, he's had a year to adjust and, and get ready for the game. And I feel like that was monumental and, and, <clears throat> and 
at my time at FSU. I, I, I want to ask about that 2013 season. Um, you know, there were some people who thought it'd be a little bit of a drop off. You know, after Dustin left, you mentioned, you know, you know how good of a kicker he was, but you came in and were had one of the best seasons of all time of any kicker. You know, I don't want to say were you surprised by that, or you know, were you surprised by by the way that season went for you? Um, not really. To look looking back at it, I was just, I was just having fun. Um, mm -hmm. I remember that that year when I redshirted, I traveled with the team and everything. And as as the season started ending, people were like, "Oh, are you gonna wear the golden shoes? Are you gonna are you gonna keep Dustin's tradition? Uh, keep rocking the golden shoes?" I was like, "No, you know that was Dustin's thing. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a new era. It's gonna be Roberto Guayo and." Um, I was excited when I ended up getting my shot and I knew I was ready. I, I felt confident. I felt ready. But at the same time, I was just having fun. It was just like me. I don't know if like it was the environment or if it was my teammates or whatnot, but it was just comfortable going out there and kicking and um, give a lot of credit to Case and Beatty and Bill Dumar, my holder and long snapper, you know, being a, a, a great unit uh, helped a lot. Um, but yeah, man, it wasn't until really when I missed my first kick at Wake Forest, I think it was my 12th kick and I was 11 for 11 going into the game and I missed my first kick. And that's when I was really like, whoa, this is my first miss in college football. And it wasn't even that hard of a kick. But I was like, okay, well now, you know, okay, now time to tighten up and let's bounce back and kept the, the rest of the season smooth. and. Before you know it, I am a Garosa finalist, and it was it was. I mean, the rest is history. It was. There's a question on here from Patrick Beck on YouTube asking you, Roberto. Would love to hear Roberto's thoughts on the new trend of Aussie kickers and punters being recruited by college teams. This is a that's a good question, Patrick. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think I think probably 10, 15 years ago, that wasn't heard of. Um, now in the NFL, you see a couple Aussie kickers, um, and I think that's the new that's the new generation of punting. Um, because once a guy has these different kicks in his in his in his tool bag, that's just more of a prep that the opponent has to the special teams coach has to prep on this kick, this kick, this kick, and you don't know what kick you're gonna get, and you become more of a weapon. Um, in special teams. And I think personally for me, if I was a special teams coach, I would want one of those guys um, because eventually they're going to see what, how the different styles of kicks they can kick. And eventually right now in the NFL, it's mostly end over end spiral straight kicks, but you've seen some guys do these Aussie kicks. Um, you know, I've been around some punters that do some interesting uh, boomerang kicks and it's, it's impressive seeing it live where the returner just doesn't doesn't know where to go all the returners know what how to catch a normal punt they see an end nose end or end over spiral they know it's going left if it's a duck and it's and they didn't hit it good it's going right so these returners especially in the nfl are smart they know mm -hmm. but they haven't seen these new styles of kicks especially a lot in the college game but i think it's going to be a, a good weapon to have if you have one of those aussie punters uh, on your team. 
Clint's commented on here. Is there another brother? I got another Aguayo that can play for Florida State anytime. No, <laughs> no, that's, it, that's a wrap. It ended. It ended at Ricky. That's um, a wrap. I got, I got that question asked a lot, like especially my parents. My parents would at games would get that asked a lot, like, "Hey, do you have another one that's younger that can come?" No, unfortunately. <laughs> that's a wrap on that on the Aguayos. I was going to ask you, Roberto. Going to the 2013 National Championship game, kind of take us through that because I think for kickers, uh, I don't know as much, but I think it's really into a mental game there. But tell us how your preparation went into that. Did you did that? How what was that environment for you as a kicker? Because that that's huge. I mean, that I was there. That environment just didn't it didn't feel real. You know, being there, you're all the way across the country, and Pasadena, you're that the in Auburn the best, was in the best bowl game. Yeah, you know, it was beautiful. The sunset, gorgeous. All fan bases were fantastic. Both of them yeah. were. But take us through you as a kicker and that what your mental state has to be in that type of situation. Um, it, I remember going back. We travel out there a week early. Um, during practices uh, in Tallahassee in December, I was kicking well. Um, but I remember when I got out there, I don't know if it was like the practice area where we were, but I wasn't, I wasn't being, I wasn't as consistent during practice. And I remember I'm like, Whoa, I'm not on my game right now. I'm, I'm missing a couple kicks. Um, but then I sat down and I was like, okay, mentally, like I've won a Groza um, in games. Um, I've only missed one kick. Um, you're going to have bad, you're going to have bad practices. Uh, sometimes there's a lot of times where I had bad, uh, pre-game warm-ups where, you know, I, I went, you know, seven for 10, six for 10. Um, but, you know, it's always on to the next kick. And going into the game, I just forgot out of, uh, about practice. I forgot about that week and just move forward. You're in the game. And I felt like once I got to the game, it was kind of just you got immersed in it. I would always immerse myself in like, okay, this is where I'm at. But then when kickoff would start, it would be like, all right, shut it down. You're just here to kick, right? Mm -hmm. The pressure is going to golf um, when you get back to Tallahassee. Like, what what are you going to hit on hole one at uh, at Southwood? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, you guys still on? Yeah, no, we're okay. here. You're just okay. on full screen. We put you on the full screen now. <laughs> it's a right dynamic. <laughs> But no, yeah. So then when I when I got into the game, it was like, all right, you know what I mean? Don't make it more than what it really is, because at the end of the day, it's 11 on 11 on a 120 yard field with two uprights that measure the same. Now it's just go and, and have fun and kick. So in the moment, I try to make it I try to make it as, as less of a of a game that we were in. And once it ended, then I was like, okay, we just won a national championship game. But that's how I call myself during that game. Um, and ended up, you know, going two for two, which was clutch because we won by three. Yeah. Not yeah. Too bad. Uh, so Kermit sucks down that, you know, that's one of the best plays, you know, in the last, I think 15, 20 years of college football. Because just the, the moment and, and the way that it just changed the game. You know, uh, you know being a special teams guy, you know, did you uh, – you had to be excited, but what were your thoughts, when, you know, when you saw him, you know, house that kick and, you know, there was just a few minutes left in the game? 
Um, well, yeah. Did you feel I it was mean, over then, or were you like, oh, I, you know, this ain't over yet? This, yeah. So to me, like, yes, I watched the score, and I was like, okay, we're losing, but I didn't want to catch myself too much in the and how the game was being played, whatever, because I knew like my time's gonna be called. If I gotta make a kick, I have to make it because we're down. So we need the points, right? So, you know, I would just go on my bike or I would just sit down, you know, everyone was just like, you know, I remember Coach Trickett getting the line, getting them ready. You know, you gotta do this, you gotta change this. But like, you try to separate yourself from that. And then all of a sudden, and and my it was against my buddy Cody Parkey. Uh, I'm I'm good buddies with Cody, and he kicked off, and Kermit returned it, and all of a sudden you see him going, and going, and all of a sudden you look, and there's no more, not that many guys, and Kermit's one of the fastest guys in college football at the time, um, if not the fastest, and he takes it to the house, and I'm like, we got ourselves a ball game here, um, and it's cool because I'll go and watch the national championship game, uh, I'll rerun it, probably like twice a year and just sit back and you know relive the memories or like what was i doing there oh i remember i was doing this or i was getting gatorade or powerade can't say gatorade powerade uh, uh yeah can't powerade say no powerade. odell <laughs> odell's gonna get on you yeah odell's gonna come in here but and- no after that kickoff um uh, that i think that turned that turned the game and then carlos williams fake punt mm-hmm. los los yeah that, that was a pivotal play yeah, not, not a lot of people. You know, you always got the Kermit, you got the Jameis to KB, but that play right there, and that's not what it, that's not what Jimbo, that's not him as a coach. Usually, that's very no. rare. That's going to come out, and it came out on the grand stage and the at the right time. Yeah, I remember we had practiced it, but we had we had practiced it all year, but we had never used it. We didn't really need to. Yeah, I remember when they called the play on the sidelines. I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is probably. <laughs> I think I think that was my first ever fake punt. And probably still through my whole FSU career, that was probably the only fake punt we ever called. And you always kind of get nervous because you're like, "Will will we execute? Will like we jump? Will we fall start? Like you know what I mean? Like, and it Phil it started with Phil. He snapped it perfectly. Casey did the fake, and Carlos got the yardage we needed. First down. Boom. This is a question from Dan. Real quick, we'll run through a few of these. Asking uh, someone that you looked up to. Who their favorite player was who, who someone, that be? someone who I look up looked up to was uh, kicker wise. Well, I mean, I guess kicker wise, definitely Graham Gano. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I was there, Dustin um, Graham Gano liked his um, swing, um, the way he you know aesthetically swung. Uh, it, it was very efficient. Dustin, obviously, what he accomplished, I was like, he's doing something right. So. You know, I got to see what, what he's doing and kind of try to emulate that. Um, but, um, guys, I honestly, guys from Florida State that I looked up to was, uh, I remember when I was little, like Chris Ricks. Um, I just, you know, he was, you know, I don't know, like he was cool. Um, good quarterback. Um, but um, as as kickers, I would say those two guys that I looked up to. We kind of. This is a good, interesting one here from Clint. Have you ever considered being a special teams coach? No, time? I've gotten that request uh, or that question from from a couple people. Um, I think. I mean, I I I could be one, and I think I would be a, a good one. Um, maybe later down the road, I'm gonna I'm gonna 
try to work on my my academy and uh, and and start that and help guys that way but definitely i've learned so much being a part of the game i've learned so much being in team meeting room in special teams meeting rooms seeing the different schemes that different coaches run seeing what works best and i would catch myself sometimes in meeting rooms where i'm like you know what if this guy ended up blocking this way and this guy took this guy this you know i think this would be a, a really awesome play so i have dabbled in thinking about being a special teams coach maybe maybe later down the road we'll see so i wanted to ask um you know you ended up declaring early for the 2016 nfl draft obviously got drafted and then that same year your brother ricky came in and kind of took over your place as a starting kicker at Florida State, continued that trend on for the next four years. So, I mean, seven straight years of an Aguayo starting at kicker for Florida State. But my question is, and, you know, if you would have came back for your senior season, how you how do you think that kicking battle with your brother would have gone? I mean, who would have won? You know, Ricky started off that season really hot, came out, went six out of six, six, out of six again, against Ole Miss and that comeback victory. So just what what do you think about that competition? Honestly, we've thought about it. We've talked about it too. Um, that would have been fun, but I think it would have been um, it, the competition would have been fun. We definitely would have had battles out on the field. You know, I'd have definitely told Coach Fisher, "Hey, Coach, let's 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 rattle Ricky. Let's get him. Let's get him some pressure." You know, because I remember when I was eighteen coming in, um, you feel young. You feel. But uh, but no, I, I would have done it for him to to you know get that pressure, get that excitement going. Um, but it would have it would have been fun because I would have been able to show him the ropes and you know kind of see kind of just basically my role when I was with Dustin, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, as as I left and him coming in, um, you know I know it was tough for him coming from high school 18 and then you're starting and you have to replace not only yeah. your brother but one of the best kickers in college football history you mm -hmm. know what i mean so i knew he had a lot on his plate and it was tough and he would call me and you know i would help him and you know i'll tell him hey man no matter where you would have went even if you would have went somewhere else auburn tennessee wherever you would have carried the, the guano name on your back people would have known who you were so um yes there's a lot of pressure but it's good pressure. And, um, you know, I, I was there for him and, and, uh, but it would have been a different story. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. maybe a lot more records would have been broken. Um, it would have been cool to be there with my brother for sure. Yeah. I, I, I want to ask, um, you know, 2014 was, was, you know, not fun as a fan, you know, um, you know, just with, uh, you know, getting down 24 seven, but it's, always battled back so what was that year like going through that you know coming off 2013 being one of the greatest teams of all time and then 2014 was a you know still a very talented team still made it to the college football playoff and but you know something just didn't seem to click that season um you yeah. know, what, what what were your thoughts on, on how that season went so i think we uh we came off of that 13 year we were successful we were great we lost a couple good uh uh, leaders, a couple good guys, but we knew we had some returning and most of the, the guys returning um, and we could do it again. Um, but I think we, we got, at least this is what I think, um, got caught up in like, 
we won a national championship. We're good. You know, got a little bit maybe too cocky, and we knew at the end of the day we could come out with a victory, so we would always start slow. And I remember Coach Fisher, you know, told us, don't start slow, don't start slow. But eventually we would be there down 14-0, down, I mean, the, the, the Louisville game. We were down like 21-3. But we ended up somehow coming back and winning. And when it's like that, eventually you're gonna get you're gonna get caught. And we got caught in that uh, that Rose Bowl in Mariota. Mm-hmm. And I remember because it was there, it was that streak, the the 29 game win streak. Yep. And we were winning, yeah. we were winning, we were and it just became kind of a like, oh, um, you know, this is oh, it's Louisville, we're gonna win. It's you know Duke or whoever you know we're, we'll we'll get by. We'll end up squeezing it by. We'll win, and it eventually getting it got it caught up to us against um, Oregon, and we got beat. And it and sometimes you need losses like that to humble you and be like, hey man, anyone can beat you at any time. So, mm-hmm. but that was a that was a, a definitely a stressful year for not only us but uh, the fans. I, you know, I wanted to bring it up. It sucks, but we have to. <laughs> the Georgia Tech game kind of run us through that. That was tough. You know, Florida State fans, my dad was in attendance there, and he, I believe, was in the end zone where they had brought it back. And of course, oh you got the, the announcer was just like, just losing his mind, just in love that Florida State was going to lose this game. But kind of go through that experience because you, like you said, you had your ups and then there was downs and then you at the, yeah, your time at Florida State, it's, yeah. I think it's interesting to hear about. So I'm definitely on the Georgia Tech highlight reel for sure. <laughs> but, that might um, be the yeah, biggest man, thing. I became, a, I became a meme that day. I mean, I was I was a gif <laughs> on Twitter. It, to look back at it, it was funny. But like, so, okay, so like in that moment, Georgia Tech, it was a tough place to play. Those guys got rowdy for, you know, for it wasn't that big of a stadium, um, but they got rowdy. And it's 17, 17, or is it 17, 17 or 14, 14? I don't remember. We were tied. And to me, I'm like, all right, let's get in field goal range. Like, you know, the closer we can get my, me, the better, obviously. And then I was like, all right, the worst of the worst, I missed the, the kick. We go into overtime. The best, I make it, walk off, game winner, hoorah, hoorah, we win. Never thought the what happened like was gonna happen. So I never had a kick blocked. So I go out there. The wind's a little bit into my face, right to left. <clears throat> to fifty-seven yard field goal. So I was like, okay, there's if I hit it normal, it's probably it might get caught up. And to me, I was like, I don't want to kick six. What happened to Bama? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want. I don't want that. So because they had, I'm pretty sure they had a returner back there. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to hit it a little bit more higher on the ball, um, and hit it a little bit lower to get, you know, get that trajectory. Um, when I hit it, I thought I hit it well. I was like, probably inside left upright. It's going to track. I look up balls, not in the air. People are going crazy. I'm like, "Uh Oh, what's, what's going on? Uh-oh. And next thing you know, I see the ball. So that someone tipped it and it went up and then he catches it. And I'm like, Never had practiced this. This was just like, yeah. He starts taking it. I start pursuing. I don't do these drills. I'm not a safety. <laughs> I'm not a linebacker. 
I thought I was pretty athletic. That play, unfortunately, told me you don't know how to pursue right. <laughs> and he ended up just making a little quick cut, and boom. To be honest, I was just like, dang. I don't know what's more embarrassing, getting being a helicopter on TV because of missed a tackle or missing this field goal and losing a game. I was just like, yeah. what? Walking to the locker room, it was just like that whole stadium went crazy, and I was just probably one of the lowest moments of my college career for sure. But, hey, man, anything can happen in college football. Like, it's crazy. And But it, now looking back, I mean, it's it's definitely a good learning moment, a good teaching moment um, for this, for, you know, I, you know, it'll be it'll be a high. I'm sure coaches have played this highlight tape for other teams to, you know, hey, prepare for this because this might happen. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think a lot of Florida State fans were surprised that the kick was blocked. Maybe not necessarily you made the kick. You know, I I, I just sat there and said on my TV like I was just surprised that the whole play happened, but more also that the kick was blocked. Like I never expected yeah. that. I know, you know, and I had never had a kill. kick block. And the only the only way I thought uh, someone would block it would be off the ends. But with the operation, it would never happen. I had a great field goal, uh, field goal line, field goal unit um, that, like Coach um, Coach uh, Trigger would say, that bite the bullet, bite the bullet. They would always bite the bullet, and I knew they were never going to come from the sides. But then when we re rewatched film, this dude got up there in the middle, and if you time it perfectly. They knew it was a long field goal, so I might have to hit it a little bit lower. I didn't hit it that low, um, but he got a finger on it. That's all it takes. Yep. I'm going to ask you, Roberto. We are sponsored by Hobbit, uh, you know, Bar and Grill here in Tallahassee. And supposedly I was told that you, you've been oh, there a few times. Uh-oh. Am I muted? Oh, can you hear me now? Oh, I might be losing him, actually, on, their, on his end. All right, you cut out. All right. Oh, there we go. Uh, now it's back. Now it's back. I was told that you, so we're sponsored by Hobbit Bar and Grill here in Tallahassee and heard that you, at least the owner told me that you were there a few times over there on their, on the location near Doak. Do you have a special sauce that you go with the wings? Like, you know, you got the garden Hobbit. gold, got the Carolina gold. Hobbit, remind uh, me where that's at. There's so many new restaurants now. Pensacola. <laughs> so it was that, it was around when you were there. It's, it's not a new one. It was, let's see. I believe it's off of Pensacola Street. It was by the old uh, Gold's Gym, in like a plaza kind of, off Pensacola Street. They have they had. Uh, I'm trying to think here. They said she was Sherry, the owner. There was saying that you, along with a lot of the other a lot of the other players too, were in there having a good time, and they all have wings. So I was just wondering yeah. if you had a special wing sauce or any kind overall that you liked the most <laughs> on your wings. A very important question here. This very is important question. question. Drum roll. Well, we, we we debate because I'm a boneless guy. I don't now, like to, see. <laughs> see, I, I I don't like to, you know, sit there and have to fight my food, man. You know. I just oh wanna, my god. I just want to eat it and go. You know. Yeah. Carolina so could, gold. Carolina gold. I'm right there with you on Carolina yeah. gold. That's what that's I. That's a get. good. That's a good pick. It is. And real quick. Well, now that Nate brought it up, boneless or bone in. This is really important. I I I think I'm gonna go bone in. Thank you. Yeah. It's Thank it's you. just it's it's not really a wing, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you. The comments are gonna love that one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know. That sadly will probably be the biggest thing out of this. So, um, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I want to ask about you know the draft process. Yep. Um, you know, mm -hmm. going into that, you know, did you have an idea? Table was gonna take you that high? 
So we're still kind of, you know, taken aback by that. So my my agent told me I was going to either be taken between the second or the fourth. So I was like, okay. Um, never knew Tampa was going to take me. They never spoke to me during the whole process of of that year getting drafted. Um, the only time I had contact with them was that was when their special teams coach at pro day at FSU. After I did my pro day, after I did my kickoffs kicks, he brought me to the side and said, "Hey, can you kick two onside kicks?" I was like, "Sure." He's like, "Kick a end over a double hop and then kick um, another type." I forget what he said, and he was like, "All right, thanks, thanks, uh, Roberto. Uh, talk to you later." And that was it. So I was like, "Okay, cool." He just wanted two onside kicks, whatever. They never talked to me after that until I got the phone call that they were trading up. And I really, I mean, I knew when I got the phone call and it was an area code for Tampa, I was like, it's probably the Bucks. So, yeah, but it was cool. I mean, I didn't really want to get caught up in the process because it's easy to be, to get like anxious and be like, where am I going? What city am I going? I was like, this is God's plan. God's in control. I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, Dallas needs a kicker or, you know, Minnesota is, is might, might get a kicker. Right. I was just like, whatever happens, happens. When I get the call, boom, it's going to happen eventually. So uh, we'll wait and see. And you know, that's how it happened. But when you were going through that process, did you have a, an idea where you may go, you know, was one team, you know, two teams talking to you more than, than the others? Yeah. I mean, you probably had an idea, but Connor Barth was on the team and he was doing de decently, right? You never thought like, oh, they're going to draft the kicker for sure. So Tampa was never like, okay, they need a kicker. Um, but you could, you thought like maybe four or five teams might make a move. But then I was like, well, if I'm going to sit here and, and think like, oh, these five teams are going to be ones that pick and then I get picked by someone else, then it's going to be like, well, that was a waste of time. So I was like, whatever happens, happens. And like, that's what my agents would say. Roberto, we could be thinking about these five teams, but at the end of the day, something wild could happen and you're somewhere else. So there's never, you can never predict where really you're going to end up being taken. I was going to mention on here now, don't want to keep you on here too long, but to talk about the current state of Florida State and where you think it's headed. I don't know if you've had any kind of interactions with Mike Norvell, but also we can talk a little bit about, you know, Fitzgerald, also Growth House and uh, the Aussie. You say it, Dustin, to Ozzy from Down Under. Deal with your accent, please. Embarrassing. The punter from Down Under. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So kind of talk about, you know, the current state of Florida State, where you think it's headed because. That's awful. You know. <laughs> so, so yeah, current state, um, I've met Coach Norvell. Um, great guy. Um, I could even, I remember when it was announced that he was going to be our coach, um, just the energy he has. Um, you know, I would see the videos and everything. And then when I got the chance to meet him in person, um it was it was awesome it was great you felt you i felt the vibes a lot of the similar vibes of what coach fisher had um and he's a lot he's a, a, you know younger but he he knows you know what you want when you're with him and you know what you're going to get um and he's I, unfortunately last year i feel like covid kind of kind of hindered his you know, what he wanted to do with all the protocols and everything and people meeting virtually. Um, but I think he's done a great job um, this spring um, and getting the guys rolling. And I'm, you know, I talk a lot with the, with the special teams unit there with Fitz, Mastromo, uh, Garrett Murray um, and the rest of those guys. And they say it, it's, it's changing. Um, it's night and day. 
Um, and it's exciting. It's exciting. And those guys are, are going to have a great year this year. Um, so don't be surprised if, you know, we go 10 and two, 11 Whoa. and one. Um, um, so careful. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Let me tweet it real quick. Let me tweet it. <laughs> I'm going to Twitter right now. That, that's a uh... surprise, but also, you know, you got to be realistic. That's at the, you know, that's at the high end. Be realistic. Yeah. You know, anything eight and four, uh, a seven and five, like that would be, that would be, you know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not bad at all. Um, and this, it, it's going to, you know, take a couple of years, just like how coach Fisher, when he came in and, you know, did his thing and, got us it took him a couple years to get us to where we were um but i'm excited for them that whole coaching staff um it, it's gonna be good for fsu and i'm excited for uh week one yeah you're i guess you'll be in attendance yes for that yeah. one yes that is going to be a wild night yeah. a couple more players a... are coming that i know so it's it'll be exciting for sure i think it's going to be a competitive game you know Just, yeah you know, okay. So, so I think I think the only way we'll end up losing is if we just shoot ourselves in the foot, you know, make make those mistakes, the the false starts, the offsides. Um, if we can dial those in and you know not get those penalties, not get those unsportsmanlike conducts, I can I think we set ourselves good for the fourth quarter and uh, have a have ourselves a, a showdown. And speaking of the opponent, Notre Dame. I mean, what do you remember about that 2014 game with? One of the craziest atmospheres besides Oklahoma in 2012. I know, yeah. So, yeah, all the highlights they keep playing are, are the ones from that 2014 year. They were a good team, man. Um, tough. Um, never never backed down. Um, Everett Golson was their quarterback. Um, they're just a team that comes ready to play. And to me, I wouldn't be, you know, oh, they're Notre Dame. and they don't. They're going to come ready to play. Um, and I know we'll be ready to play. And a lot of it is going to have to do with that environment. That doke has to be packed. Uh, the war chant going on full blast because that rattles opponents. I mean, I remember I'm playing in the NFL, you know, guys that I would meet, they're like, dude, man, I, I, I hated playing in dope because y'all do that. Oh, uh, this thing. <laughs> they're like, man, that thing y'all get loud and we can't hear anything. It's just like, it's tough playing there. So it affects those guys uh, for sure. So, I think us being rowdy, you know, affecting them, rattling them is going to be is going to be key. But no, I remember that game. That, remember the uh, the pick mm -hmm. that they ran on us? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I remember when when they scored, I was like, no. But then the pick happened and we ended up winning. So Brian yeah, Kelly's always got something up his sleeve. Yeah. It just didn't, didn't seem to get away with it there. So yeah. Sad. Yeah. So Thank God. Brian Kelly. <laughs> exactly. Kelly's an, uh, an elite scumbag. So <laughs> you know, he, he's he he's one of the top five scumbags of all time in college football. So yeah. I, I, I was happy to see that call uh, reverse. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> all, all of Doak was absolutely. Um, but yeah, anybody else have anything more for Roberto? I've got him on here past well past thirty. You're good, guys. Hey, man, I'm always down to chat. <laughs> But no, man, I think this was a phenomenal interview. And I think, you know, moving forward to, would love to have you on too and maybe preview a game in the future too. Yeah, I think that'd be really fun. And, you know, I want you to talk a little bit too more where we can find the link and more information uh, to your camera because that's only now, you know, that's next weekend. So it's coming up soon. Definitely. Yes. Uh, so the link to register is, uh, is in my bio on Instagram. Um, go on my website, rakickingacademy.com. Uh, 
Uh, you'll find all the information there if you want to DM me directly. Um, but more information will be coming up on my website. Um, and then uh, excited for this uh, fall on the digital platform. That's going to be exciting. So, uh, yeah, uh, excited to get that rolling and um, excited for, for this fall season for the Knowles, too. Absolutely, man. Roberto, from all of us here, definitely appreciate you coming on here for about 45 minutes and talking some Knowles and everything. Man. It, it should should be a fun season ahead, and it was definitely fantastic. I've always thought about having you on here, so it was definitely, definitely a privilege to get you on here, man. Yeah, I'll probably see you guys uh, that Notre Dame weekend. I'll probably oh, see you yeah. the game for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll try not to be so intoxicated. Don't come near me if I'm <laughs> It's all good. It's right all now, good. I'm nice and nice and relaxed. So, <laughs> but nah, nah, but for real, yeah, if we definitely run by each other, definitely have to say hey. But definitely, uh, thanks for coming on here, man. Definitely. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. You too, right. Roberto. So sweet deal. That was a great interview, man. I've been always thinking about having him on and, you know, it's great to hear from a specialist of that 2013 national championship team. And, you know, the mentality you had to have during that game, because I know I was sweating already nervous and I didn't even play on the frigging field at all. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, we haven't, we haven't really had um, a special teams player or a kicker on the podcast before. So I think just getting to hear that insight into, you know, how much of a mental game it is for kickers as well as physical was also pretty cool. Yep, exactly. No. And he handled the Georgia Tech question well. So, yeah, and I'm glad we asked it. Got to ask sometimes everything. He's can. pretty. He's pretty high on Florida State this season, guys. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> just a tad. I think we all were like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I know the eleven to one. Hell, I take, I take it all day. <laughs> yeah, uh, who wouldn't? So FSU yeah, goes eleven to be... one. They're gonna have a top three class. I would think so. We'd be doing about four shows a week at that pace. We have no, other people on here watching. 11-1 FSU's top three class. Go and call that now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let me run through a little ad read here from our guys at Proud90, always supporting us on here. And then we're going to go through quick hitters, which will include some guys hitting the transfer portal. We'll talk a little bit of the scrimmage to the Alliance, but the main part of this, we'll be giving our record predictions on here. So I uh, look forward to doing that in just a few. But first off, I want to talk about Proud 90. We were wearing them last week. All of us were on here. We scared Lonnie Pryor because we were all in our colorful polos. But, um, you know, are you sick and tired of the same old boring golf polo? Then you need to head over to Proud90.com and check out some of the absolutely outrageous designs, which is true. I, I can give them that. Proud 90 golf has to offer extremely lightweight, extremely comfortable, and Proud 90 guarantees you you'll get at least one compliment every time you wear one of their polos out in public. Perfect for bachelor parties, spicing up a boring day at the office, or just having a few beers with the boys out on the course. Comfortable and fun designs for every occasion. Get up to $75 off right now. they got a big-time Labor Day weekend sale going on. $75 off right now with their early access Labor Day sale. Only available for a limited time, so head over there right now, guys. Proud90.com. Upgrade your polo game now before it's too late. And I want to mention here, it was just announced today, proud Ninety. And Mackenzie Milton, our partners. So I guess, you know, I guess we're kind of, you know, partnering with Mackenzie Milton now, right? We're, we're, we're family a little bit. Can can you put some emotion into your ad read? I, I'm trying to. I also don't want to miss out anything there. We'll let like, you're going to do next week's. We're going to have Justin do to next like week's. Emphasize on some things and change your voice a little bit. We're going to, we're going to, you're going to do it next week and everybody can vote on who should do the ad reads moving forward. That's what we'll okay. do. 
Hey, I like that. I got to spice work. it up a little bit. Spice it up a little bit. But yeah, Proud 90, thank you as always supporting us and sponsoring the show. Polos are amazing. I've worn them out. It feels good definitely out here. It's freaking 95 degrees and humid. You don't have one on right now. I don't have one on right now. No, I don't. Sadly. <laughs> I do. I need to wear the other one that they send. They are very comfortable. Uh, let's run through some quick hitters, gentlemen, before we get the record predictions. Uh, Brandon Moore has hit the transfer portal, guys. Obviously, he's transferred from UCF. Good friends with Mackenzie Milton. He also suffered a pretty bad uh, leg injury, too, during his time at UCF. He transfers. He was you know, getting into the rotation here from fall camp, and we got to see him play, I thought, pretty well, at least in the spring, d when we saw him. But Brandon Moore uh, has officially uh, entered that transfer portal. And, you know, everybody's going to think, well, well, what's the reason there? And, you know, it just seems like maybe some personal things that he's going through. But, you know, I don't think it's too much of a miss here for Florida State. They've got the depth, but I think they'll be all right. Uh, I I think it's more just, uh, you know, like you said, a personal thing. I don't think it has anything necessarily to do with, you know, the coaching staff and, and you know, the fit at Florida State. I just think, you know, at the time, um, it worked out for him, but you know, coming into the season, you know, I I, I don't think he was really going to compete for a lot of lot of playing time. So you know, I can understand you know trying to get in somewhere. You know, you know, as you come back from that that knee injury, that it it, it was, you know, it was pretty severe. You know, he hasn't mm-hmm. played in two years, so you know, he he was getting some NFL buzz before he got hurt. So you know, he's trying to make it back. So. He's got to get to a place where he can get on the field pretty quickly and you know show what he's got. Yeah, like you said, he's got one one season of eligibility eligibility remaining, if, if I'm correct. So it's really important that he finds a school where he can start, and if not start, then play you know a ton of reps as a as a reserve. And you know he was he made some flashes in the spring. I was actually pretty impressed and I didn't think he was going to be a starter for Florida State this upcoming season but thought he could play a role in that defensive backfield and I mean you know it just seems like it didn't work out another name to note on here which was a big time conversation on Twitter because it was just dramatic all throughout the afternoon but this (laughs) one with FSU defensive end Josh Griffiths uh, plans on entering the transfer portal he put out a note today but it really started earlier. There was a few outlets reporting, and from the SIDs, Florida State told him that you know he he's no longer with the program. Then his mom tweets and says, "This is completely false, not true." And so that sparked up everything between the fan base and everybody fighting one another. And it's usual FSU Twitter kind of dealio. But you know now it is official. Josh Griffiths will no longer be with the football crew program of Florida State. You know, everybody's wondering about vaccines and all this kind of stuff. From what I was told to a close source with the situation that had nothing to do with vaccinations, it's really football related more than anything. So, uh, yeah, gentlemen, Josh Griffiths, no longer with the Florida State football program. Yeah, I mean, you know, you saw it last year with him coming in as a true freshman. He was sitting in, he was a reserve defensive end, sitting in that third, fourth string area. And Florida State, I mean, they didn't have a good defensive end room last year, and he still couldn't really fight for a lot of playing time, and that's not an indictment on him. You know, some true freshmen, it takes longer for them to develop. But then you look at what FSU did over this offseason, completely ramping, uh, revamping the defensive end room, bringing in a lot of true freshmen, some transfers. Um, It just seems like he was kind of one of the odd men out in this equation, and it was going to be – it was an uphill battle 
for him to earn significant playing time at Florida State. I think he's going to look for another opportunity elsewhere. I'll choose to not say anything because, you know, some people got upset with my comments about Travis last week. So I'll just say, you know, good luck to the kid. And, you know, Florida State will continue to recruit and um, fix that position. Yeah, I mean, he would have been a third-team guy if you're looking at it. First-tier Kier, you've got uh, Jermaine, second-tier McLendon, and you've got, you know, you've got Kushney coming in along with, you know, Kushan Fuller has had a great spring and seems like a pretty decent camp, too. He was on that third tier, you know. Well, plus some of those true freshmen, I think, at this point, have probably hopped him yeah. as well. Yeah. So just yeah. a lot of competition in that room, and for good reason with how bad they were last year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's jump into some scrimmage stuff, gentlemen. Scrimmage number two happened uh, just this last Sunday. It had the whole kind of feeling of a game. They had music. They had warm-ups. They actually got to stay in Doak this entire time. They were under the lights. Uh, four quarterbacks participated. You know, we didn't hear anything about McKenzie Milton, Jay Trav, from what we saw, no turnovers. Uh, played well. Then you also had Chubba Purdy, who I think is really excelling right now, Nate. You know, we, we've talked about him quite a bit, but it seems like he's getting into a rhythm now with that quarterback room, getting that offensive down. Because if you think about it, he wasn't here this whole offseason. He's having to build that chemistry with those wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. And it seems like he's starting to get a groove there, which is great to see. Because now, you know, you're, everybody's talking about what's going on with Milton. You know, who's going to be your pure number two if there's something that goes wrong, you know? But, yeah, just maybe the quarterback conversation, gentlemen. You know, it seems like Jordan Travis continues to take that lead as a starter uh, against Notre Dame. Or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Logan, it's starting to seem like, you know, maybe you you got all of us. You know, you were, you've been behind it from the beginning that Jordan Travis was – going to be the starting quarterback at Notre Dame. And, you know, over the last week and a half, 10 days or so, I've kind of started to agree with you just because of what appears to be some uncertainty with McKenzie Milton, but obviously nothing confirmed. Uh, every quarterback on the roster is phenomenal. Um, you know, when, when you look at, at that position group, um, you know, there can be no wrong. Um Whoever the starting quarterback is, I'm ready to ride out with the, with the Seminoles of uh, FSU. <laughs> oh my but God. but but my real answer is that um, it, it's great to see that Chubba's getting into a routine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've said since he right on campus that you know you know physically gifted, probably the most gifted quarterback that's on the roster. Um, you know, I still think he's going to play a role. Um, at Florida State, and he's going to have a say on, on who's going to be the starter. Um, you know, I haven't lost, um, you know, my confidence in him. I, I know there's been some some frustration with some him off the field and some 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 time with the coaches, and and I I can understand that. Um, but it's good to see him coming around. Um, and it's good to see that Travis is continually improving, and and sounds like that you know he's been extremely consistent. And then, you know, you have Milton, you know, you, you know, you have that, that's the wild card uh, right now, in my opinion, uh, on what happens with the season. Either it, Norvell, yeah, either Norvell's doing some crazy game planning and just really tricking with Notre Dame and Brian Kelly, or it's actually real that, you know, it really is the Jordan Travis show moving forward. Um, I, uh, it, 
I don't see that. I don't see how that can be because you've got a quarterback that just got on campus, still understanding, trying to build chemistry, and now you don't see him participate in the second scrimmage, um, now, which stinks. That, I think that would be a case if he arrived, you know, in the summer, but he's been at Florida State now since January. So I, I'm not really concerned about the, you know, building that, that relationship with the whiteouts and the tight ends and the running backs. Because he's someone that um, was leading that charge in the offseason. So I'm not really concerned about that. Um, it's just the flow of the game. And we saw in the spring game, he's, he, he's a gamer. But, you know, you have to be healthy going into that, you know, that, that first game of the season. And if Travis has been the most consistent and, you know, been, been the one that's getting the reps and been the one that's getting – you know, the, the flow of the offense, and that's the route you have to go. So, you know, I, I, I'm i just excited that, you know, we're a week out. So, you know, whoever's the starter is whoever the starter is. Um, and and I'm, I'm ready to roll. Yeah, and I mean, so far, you know, Mike Norvell has stayed pretty coy on the situation, not saying really that one quarterback is ahead of the other. And, you know, honestly, there's not really, I would say, much upside to Florida State naming a starter prior to the Notre Dame game, because it'll just give the Irish, you know, the signal caller to put their focuses on. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I think you should just continue this thing all the way up until kickoff, you know, make them be confused, make them prepare for every scenario. And then hopefully they'll mess something up. Yeah. Why not? Screw with them. Screw with Brian Kelly. Nate loves Brian Kelly. So I think he's on, uh, can't wait for next week. Yeah, when we preview when we preview Notre Dame, I invited him on. Actually, we were emailing earlier today. Me and Brian Kelly, SIDs over there up there in Notre Dame. Oh no, I just go to him directly. Oh, is that right? (laughs) Uh, Let's note on a few more a few more things here. You know, we already published a YouTube video. You know, me and Dustin broke down that whole scrimmage. But no, DJ Williams seems to be making a big time turn there. He had the most impressive night from what we've been told physical guy absolutely trucked someone not going to say who but trucked the guy uh, a db and looked like he was in some purpose in some good form well, no, no we're all talked about it so you might as well say who it is norvell said something about it i guess i missed that did i miss Moving it on. <laughs> i might i might have missed it. if not it might be in the discord if you guys aren't in there but yeah dj williams looked good and he's trimmed off some body fat too uh, David Johnson talked about him losing about 15 pounds. So that's a great thing there. And he, we've heard all about, we've heard about Corbin. We've heard about, yep. um, I just, Sean Ward. Come Sean on. Ward, thank you. I know I've been, ta- I've yeah. talked too much no, about so Sean totally. Ward. Yeah, totally. I, I, so now you have DJ Williams. This, that room is massive. Yeah, they're they're going to need him, you know, especially, you know, in, in, from that, from the 20 going in, you know, I think that's when he's really going to help this team. You know, um, good to see it's coming around because, you know, Florida State needs that depth. You know, they they ran it all last year. And we know that Norvell's not really necessarily a primary back guy. He likes to rotate and go with the hot hand. So, you know, mm-hmm. the more options, the better for the offense. Yeah, I mean, you've got really four capable guys at this point that will all be able to split carries throughout the season. You've also got Corey Wren and some other guys that you can kind of work with as gadget, as gadget guys. And like you said, Nate, Mike Norvell loves to use his running backs. And I mean, he's got a full stable. Yeah, no, he does. Andrew Parchment also had a nice 
Uh, he had a slant touchdown from Jordan Travis. Uh, to note here, Brian Robinson did not participate once again. Uh, the source told me that it was a competitive scrimmage. You know, offense maybe one overall, but still back and forth. That seems to be the whole theme of this offseason, which is good to hear. You know, not one side is just completely taking over, but it's been a competitive one. Kushney on the defensive side, Florida State's new defensive end, who's Dustin's very high on, from what I was told, was with second team and was quick, quick off the ball. Uh, and he said to keep an eye out for him. Um this upcoming season and Shaheen Brown, another takeaway for him. That is a young freshman that that will probably be the surprise guy, that surprise young MVP out of the, out of the camp. He's going to get in that rotation early on. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him against Notre Dame too. He is playing fantastic right now, but he is the only player that got the takeaway. No quarter or uh, uh, Jordan Travis did not throw an interception at all in the scrimmage either to note on, but yeah, and, and Parchment seems to like he's kind of getting into a rhythm here and showing off some explosive things. And it seems about the right timing. It seems about the right timing. He, he was one of the latest to get, arrive at Florida State. Worked a lot with Mackenzie Milton along with Jordan Travis. It seems like it's starting to hit that perfect timing for once the season begins. But, you know, think, things are starting to get that rhythm. And now Florida State will begin Notre Dame prep. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you want to see out of Parchment. You know, you, you want guys to get better – as fall camp goes on, it doesn't matter who's playing the best in the first week. It matters who's playing the best going into game week. And, you know, even um, earlier this week, there was a couple plays going around on Twitter of him making a highlight catch in the end zone. People were like arguing, you know, was he in, was he out? Either way, like you said, Logan, he came in very late. He's still getting used to the system. He's still getting chemistry down with the quarterbacks. And he's come a long way. And Florida State's going to need him. He's going to play a huge role on that offense this year with kind of, you know, question marks at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, it, it, it has been a very solid progression for, for parchment because early on th- there were a little bit of concerns about if he can, you know, be the guy that Forest State needs him to be, um, you know, with drops, running wrong outs, you know, a little bit of attitude. Um, but, you know, a lot of that's changed over the last, you know, especially a week and a half, two weeks or so, you know, things have come together for him. So, you know, Florida State, you know, he's one of the most, I'd say one of the top five important guys for this for this team for the season. So it's good to see that, and like you said, the timing of it's great um, and, and, you know, it's coming together. So, you know, Florida State needs mm-hmm. that. They need this kid in order for the offense to uh, be able to get the ball down the field. Noted on Mike Norvell and how he felt after it, from what I was told and the source told me that felt really good. Norvell was fired up about that scrimmage. He felt felt like guys were understanding their assignments, felt like the energy was there, and absolutely loved it. The, this, you know, a lot of the people around the team felt like that was the best practice slash scrimmage they've had all during fall camp, which is a really, really good sign. It seems like this team is really dialed in. You know, well, we got until Sunday. We'll see how dialed in and see if that's really real. We can have, we can hear all these things, but we can, you know, be there Sunday night. And it could be a whole 180, but, you know, there's really good signals and signs coming from this camp and definitely from that scrimmage last Sunday. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. I mean, we've, we've heard it all off season, kind of the, the positivity coming from the coaching staff and the players have kind of echoed it as well in interviews and they've obviously performed up to this point. And I mean, it's going to come down to showing it on the field. You know, that's that's what we need to see. We've heard it. We need to see it. Yep. Got to see it. 
Yeah, I want to see him cool. come out and just punch people in the face, man. Not, not literally, literally though. On the side. No, literally, man. Just come out and <laughs> you know, set, set the tone, man. You know, just punch Brian <laughs> Kelly in the I'm face. If a dude comes out and punches Brian Kelly in the face, everyone's gonna yeah, love it, it. You know, I'm uh, I'm okay <laughs> if you designate someone. Hey, you know, you just run out and that's what you just. You know, let, right, let it right be Preston there. Daniel, the, the walk on tight end. Let him just go out there and lay somebody out. Yeah, right, right. Someone that can be tossed. Right, right. Yeah. In his, right Does in his. Trey Marshall still have time? Is he good? Does yeah. he still have some time? Right in his freaking ear hole. Just set the tone right there. Oh, I mean, the, ener- the energy is going to be there. We'll be giving our full preview mm-hmm. next week on Hear the Spear. So we'll be dialed into that. Get you guys ready for that game. Uh, let's jump into some other things here, some other quick hitters. Uh, the Alliance. So I did a YouTube video on this. There's a press release. What a joke. Yeah, no, it was uh, a kind of a letdown. And I don't think, you know, I wasn't expecting a whole ton of, we'd have a schedule and, you know, maybe a mock draft of what everything would look like, but uh, pretty let down to me. I think it was a letdown. I'd rather than just take their time, figure out what they want to do. than announce it. I think they rushed into an announcement. All right, guys, we're we're, we have an Alliance. Great. (laughs) You know, I, I, I would have liked a little bit more time, but, you know, I understand you got to get ahead of it because, you know, the SEC, you know, the relationship with ESPN, ESPN owning SEC network. And then, you know, the Longhorn network is, is, is pretty powerful in and of itself. And then you have them joining up with the SEC. You know, you, I understand kind of the rush of it, but I would have liked to see some more time and a little bit more. You know, I would like to hear some more of what the idea is. You know, uh, you know, are we going to see Ohio State versus FSU in the regular season? That'd be awesome. You know, I, I, I would yeah. like to know more moving forward. You know, some, how the schedule is going to roll out. Someone mentioned earlier, like what future matchups do we want to yep. look forward to? Like, I would love like a home and home with USC or Hell UCLA yeah. where we get to play in the Rose Bowl again. I mean, e- either Michigan, one. Michigan. Yeah, know, Michigan go to the Big Michigan House. again. It's just, I would yeah. love to go to USC. Go to go to a game in the Coliseum. I think that'd be a ton of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be exciting. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's a bucket list trip for me for football. You know, the, the Rose Bowl it is man, screw Oregon. But well, the rematch would be nice. Would be fun. Maybe not this um, year, but you know, a few it. years by then. I would go to a stadium up there. I would, I would have a good time. It's pretty in Oregon. We'll see if any if any of this even works out though, because you know, like they yeah. were saying at the press conference, they're working under like agreements. A gentleman's agreement. Yeah, a yeah, gentleman's man. agreement rather than signed contracts. And you know, we we all know how much integrity and how much all these guys are, are trustworthy. So I mean, part of it is we'll it's all it new out. commissioners. Like all the commissioners for these leagues are only in their first or second year. Mm-hmm. So I, they're they're still figuring things out. But yeah, something a little bit more formal. With more details would have been nice. Yeah, no. Or just wait until there's something that's on like pen to paper. Like, what are we doing here? I'm really interested to see what happens with the Big 12. Because they got left out. They're about to get big easted. They're they're about to be out of here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, you know. Hanging on. I'm interested to see like do some of those teams go to SEC? Do some of them splinter off and, and become part of this? Alliance, uh, I, I still think we have to, because there's still some good programs that are in that in that conference that you talk about getting left out. Oklahoma State, TCU, you know, Baylor's uh, those are good, fantastic. Basketball. Yeah, Baylor, 
you know, th- th- those are really good programs, you know, not just football, but like you said, Austin, you know, basketball, you know, baseball, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I don't think it's done yet with some of those teams. I think they're going to end up somewhere, whether it's SEC or part of this alliance. So, no, I still think that, you know, nothing signed at all. I still think the SEC is still looking at teams at the ACC, you know, looking at Florida State, looking at Clemson. I don't think that's, I don't think that's over with. That's why some of these teams aren't going to sign. They're not going to, the president is going to sign to something like this. They're still, SEC wants to poach. They want to make a mega conference and they would love to have a Florida State program in there, uh, that brand in there. They want to have the Clemson, that competitive edge and brand. Even a Miami, they would love to have. So they're not done yet whatsoever, I don't think. And that's why there's not, nobody signing anything. So it's just kind of like, woohoo, we're going to make an alliance. I mean, none of this is going to happen anytime soon. Right. But I still think the SEC secretly after a lot of these guys. Oh, absolutely. They're probably after schools and all three of these conferences. And that's why the conferences are getting together to, you know, try and start something. But we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. And at the same time, you know, depending on if schools can get out of contracts or whatnot, the, the SEC obviously brings a, a lot of money. A lot of money. Would you be fine with Florida State going to the SEC? And this wouldn't happen anytime soon. It would well, take a few um, years, but yeah, I was looking at that. You know, the Big Ten conference made more money than the SEC. The SEC was like fifth, though, fourth or yeah. fifth. I forget what it was. Yeah, if I could find that chart, I'd put it on here. But I mean, the money situation is different. But you just got to kind of be ready for that competition. Florida State's not ready entirely yet for that. They will be hopefully, you know, in a few years. But, you know, the SEC, I think, is definitely after a few of these schools, gentlemen. Yeah, so so the school payout, so the Big Ten um, last year made $768.9 million, SEC 728.9, uh, Pac-12 533.8, uh, ACC 496.7 million, Big 12 409 million. Uh, the payouts for the Big Ten were 54.3 million per school, SEC 45.5. Big 12, um, they just there was a range of 37 to 40.5. Pac-12, 33.6, and the ACC was last at 30.9 wow. to around 37 million. So, you know, the Big Ten, you know, they, you know, those, those farmers, they look, you know, they're committed to that. <laughs> That that northern style of sports and football. So, and it's just but. Big Ten. Such it's just such an old brand. Yeah. Whereas like outside the like with the ACC, like everyone still thinks it's the Carolina schools. Like it's yeah. that kind of stuff. If if they could work out this alliance where we can get some the ACC can get some of that Big Ten money, it's huge. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna work out that way. No way. No chance they're gonna start splitting money between the conferences. I. Be interesting to see. Yeah, no, it's tricky. It is definitely tricky. We'll see. We'll we'll see how that alliance works. I don't think that was just bleak to start off with. So, anyways, uh, before we go into record predictions, let's give a uh, let's talk a little bit about Manscaped. I don't have it here on me. It's actually in the bathroom, but a beautiful razor, Dustin. We talked about it. No, we didn't. But we we did talk. About, we did talk about the light. The light actually does come in clutch. I will say that the light on the Manscaped. Uh, razor works perfectly used it wonderful i won't have to use it for a while because i was able to just to hit every place nate it was perfect worked out great and you know that we've got a deal going on right now put it up here on the screen 
for you guys, if you want to take advantage of it, you guys can use Knowles 20 for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. We've already had one person use it in our Discord. Shout out to Bob. He went ahead and grabbed uh, 20% off and then got some free shipping there using code Knowles 20. Yeah, cool. And you can go down to the description. Go to you go down to the description below. The cool thing is, you know, you, you don't have to use it just for your balls. Now, I, I I use it for my face too. So, you know. Are you washed at the same time or? Oh, I didn't use it on my nuts yet, so I, I well, used it for my. Okay, my so it beard, can go. So. Okay, so it can go facial. Okay, yeah, that's a nice. It's very nice. That's it. It's versatile. It is. It's, it's very ergodynamic. It is. You know, it holds in the hand well. It is. So yeah, like I said, down there below, Knowles twenty. Use that code, and twenty percent off and free shipping, and it helps us out a little bit too. So shout out to those guys over there at Manscaped. All right, gentlemen, it's record prediction time. We're going to go game by game just like we did last year and give our thoughts. I wish I had what everybody predicted last year, but let's go ahead and jump into this season. Of course, starting off the season, you know, this is going to be one of the hardest schedules in the country with a young team. Florida State's going to be facing off against Notre Dame uh, next Sunday night, 730 p.m. Eastern time on ABC primetime. The only team playing, only two teams playing. What are you laughing about, Dustin? Why'd you have to be like p.m.? I like it. It's better 730 than p.m. I'm trying to hype this up, all right? <laughs> I'm trying to get my job with like a hype man. Their name, Florida State. We guess we got to start making predictions on this because, you know, we'll all be right, previewing so, the whole game. So, Who wants so it? Who wants it first? I'll, I'll go first. So, so you got Notre Dame coming in with a transfer quarterback, um, a true freshman left tackle. Um, they have a great tight end. Um, I forget his, his his name, Myers, I think. Um, you know, they, they return a really solid running game. Um, yeah. You know, really good offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. But they're inexperienced. So, you know, looking at, at, at their defense, you know, they have one of the best defensive players in the country in Kyle Hamilton. Um, you know, they're replacing a lot in the front seven. You know, I, I think this is a very winnable game for FSU. Um, you know, uh, you know, Force is going to have to play clean this year. Um, you, you know, like we've talked about, I, I think their first 40 or so are, 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 are good. You know, they just can't afford injuries. So I, I think that, you know, this is going to be a competitive game. You look at the point spread, you know, it's only seven right now. Um, I think it's going to be a competitive game, um, you know. But I, you know, I, 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 I'm very close to picking FSU to upset. Um, I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, you know, maybe I, next I think, week. I, yeah, maybe next week. But right now, <laughs> might right, change. Right now, I would say you know, Florida State loses a very close one at home to open the season. I think they come out very competitive. Um, and, and, and you know, people need to remember last year Florida State was up seventeen fourteen at the end of the first quarter, and and, and they were playing very well until, you know, uh, if I remember correctly, a couple of injuries, and then, you know, Florida State couldn't stop the running game for Notre Dame, and that's going to be the key in, in this one is can Florida State's defensive line and the linebackers just be much better and, and more more sound in the run game. So, yeah, and I mean Notre, go ahead, Austin. I think we're all going to have very similar thoughts with Notre Dame's inexperienced, but Florida State has to show us something correct on the field for us to be like, this is a game that I think they'll win. I think there's a chance. There's absolutely a chance. 
especially with, with all the Bobby news the last few weeks, Florida State's going to want to go out and really prove something. Show, hey, last year, yeah, we sucked, but we're, we're back. We'll be fine. But until they actually show us something, I'm not going to predict them to win a game like this. I think they'll lose by a field goal or, or a touchdown, something like that. Yeah, like you said, I mean, we're expecting the atmosphere to be crazy, and this is probably going to be the best home game of the season, one of the best home game, home games of the season. Obviously, the coaching staff, they're trying to get every important recruit they can in the stands to watch FSU take on Notre Dame. So this is a huge game, a huge opportunity for Florida State to start off the season right, which is something they haven't done the past couple of years. And yeah, like you said, Austin, I mean, it's just tough to pick Florida State because of what we've seen um, in recent history. Obviously, Notre Dame coming in with Kyron Williams, who absolutely diced FSU up last year on the ground. And Nate, to your point, you know, they are, they are replacing four starters on that offensive line and with the transfer quarterback. So maybe that chemistry isn't fully in sync yet, and it's something Florida State can take advantage of. I really think on defense, it's going to come down to putting as much pressure as possible on Jack Cohn because, you know, in some of the practice footage that I've seen come out of Notre Dame, it seems like he does struggle a good bit whenever he's getting pressured in the pocket. Maybe that's one way that FSU can generate a couple turnovers. And on the other side of the ball, you know, for the offense, um, this will be Notre Dame is replacing their defensive coordinator from last year. They've got a new guy taking over. So I'm just hoping, you know, that chemistry isn't on on the same page yet and having a new guy coming in this game, Florida State can do some things on offense and take advantage of it. But, yeah, in the end, I'm going to go with Notre Dame in a close one, probably something like 31-28 in that range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be doing our, our score prediction for Notre Dame next week. But, yeah, I agree. Y'all, you know, said the right things. I think Florida State's going to have to get after that quarterback and try to feel make them feel uneasy. Have, Jermaine Johnson has to have a big game, I think. Uh, I was, I was, we had I was on Mark Rogers' show and had Brian on that covers Notre Dame for Sports Illustrated over there. And he was talking about how, you know, Jermaine Johnson, that's what they're worried about right now. They're worried about that left side. And if, if they're sending Jermaine Johnson off to the, off there, how is that going to affect uh, Cullen during that game? And so I think Florida State is going to have to go all out. Adam Fuller is going to have to have a big game here. I think Norvell and the offense is pretty steady. I think they've got what it takes. But, you know, I want to see how this defense is going to light it up and send it. you got to send it on them. Blitz, 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 right. blitz, blitz. I, I, I think it, it, it's a good – um, Don't let them get into a rhythm. No, I, I think it's a good play from the schedule for Notre Dame um, because they are replacing so much. And, you know, Florida State returns a lot. So I, I think this game is going to be a lot more competitive than people think. So, mm-hmm. so I'm going mean, for- even though they're replacing a lot of starters on the offensive line, I mean, they're as good as turning out offensive linemen as any school in the country. Like, Correct. them replacing starters doesn't worry me, doesn't concern me or make me think Florida State has an advantage. They, they know how to turn those guys mm-hmm. into pros. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess everybody on here is saying loss. For We're all starting loss. Okay. We are. We're all on the same page. They're starting off. All right, let's move on to number two. This should be pretty easy. Florida State, second game that will be at home once again. They'll be facing the Jacksonville State Gamecocks at 8 p.m. on ACC Network. Come on, Comcast. Let's get the deal going. Let's get it going so the Comcast people can watch it. That's on September 11th. 63 nothing. Moving on. <laughs> 63 nothing 
Well, at, le- uh, at least a four touchdown win. At least. I think it's necessary. I don't think Florida State gets down double digits this year. I, I, I think Florida State blows that team out this year. Beautiful. I like that. So, gentlemen, we're still all in agreement here on how the season is going to begin. Next one, this will be interesting here. I think it's going to shake up a little bit. Florida State will be facing the Wake Forest Demon Deacons up there in Winston-Salem on September 18th. This will be a 3.30 primetime kickoff for the afternoon on ABC and ESPN. I'll go first. I think this one's going to be up and down. I, I trust Wake Forest quarterback. I think it's going to be uh, another game for Adam Floor to be steady with and have to have a game plan ready for that. Uh, I'm also interested to see this is going to be a, a big game here because Florida State loses to Notre Dame. They, they beat the Gamecocks. I think they get that energy back. I think there it will be competitive. Um, it's really all depending on if Florida State's going to send in. I'm the biggest thing here. The biggest factor on why I think Florida State will win this game is because of Florida State's defensive line. Last year, I wouldn't have been able to trust it, but I do think Florida State's defensive line is going to bring it. Uh, there's a lot of fighting there in that depth chart too at defensive end, like we talked about earlier. I think that that DN group and then once. You're in your third game there. You kind of know who's fitting best and understanding your assignments well. I think Florida State, you know, a lot of people are 50-50 on this game. I think Florida State comes away with the win and starts off the season two and one. You mean one and two? Oh, wait, I mean, yeah, two and one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That, that makes sense. All right, sorry. There you go. But, so Florida State was not a good road team last year. And, I mean, as we all know, FSU did not win a game away from home. And the last couple of times they've went into Wake Forest, I mean, it's been a dogfight. And I think it's going to be, you know, similar. Traveling into Wake Forest, you're, you're going against um, Sam Hartman, a four-year quarterback. Obviously, Dave Clawson has a, a very good offense. He's a very creative offensive mind and has had a lot of success that other coaches wouldn't have had at Wake Forest. And, you know, I just think it's one of those games where, where Florida State probably gets caught up and – you know, I'll take Wake Forest um, by a touchdown. I, I I sincerely hope Florida State wins this game, uh, just because you know I'm I'm going on to Tallahassee next weekend for Notre Dame, obviously, and then Wake Forest is 45 minutes from my house, so obviously I'm going to that one too. I don't want to be 0 two, three games in to a season, just watching games live. So you know, I'll, I'll say win for my own sanity. But I, I do agree. I think it's going to be closer than people want because everyone just sees Wake Forest and goes, oh, God, it's Wake Forest. We're, we can't lose to Wake Forest. But they're, they're, a they're a tough team. Yeah, they've I mean, been, they've... they've been a tough competitive team the last few years. They shouldn't really catch anybody off guard now. So it's been too much time on Wake Forest, man. So Wake Forest. They, they, <laughs> I they, predicted they, a loss. They lost some. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, so. And they've also had some injuries this preseason, so I'm going. I'm going a W. Uh, I, I think it's, it's going to be a 10 to 14 point win. Okay, so me win, Nate win, Austin. I missed yours. I had to mute the thing win. for a second. Win. Okay, so Dustin's got the only one here with the loss for Wake Forest. Okay, perfect. Let's move on here, gentlemen. Let's move over to the Louisville Cardinals. This game is going to be held in Doe Campbell Stadium in Tallahassee, September 25th time to be announced but florida state uh, is going to bring in the cardinals uh just quick here from me i think florida state wins this game louisville's tough to get a read on because scott satterfield like i feel like he has such great potential as a coach but i don't know i'm gonna say win but we'll, we'll see how i'm feeling headed into that game week and see how louisville looks in the first few games um 
obviously they have to replace a lot too, but I don't know. That something about that game could get tricky. I like I, that. I think Louisville's home. a tougher game. I think Louisville's a tougher game than Wake Forest for sure. Um, you know, they they bring back their quarterback. Excuse me, their defense is um, very questionable, and I think that's the difference in the game. I think Florida State was a close one. I, I, I'm a fan of Satterfield too, so um, you know I, you just don't know what you're going to get with Louisville. I, I think he's a good enough coach to get them um, super competitive. So I, I think that's going to be a really tight game. But I think Florida State pulls it out. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a Louisville team that replaces a lot on offense, if I'm correct. I believe they they lost their top two receivers and their top two rushers. So, mm-hmm. you know, this, this is a game I think it's going to be a lot different from last year. You know, we saw Florida State go down to Louisville and, and get blown out. I think things change this year. Florida State comes away with a, a double-digit win. If they can take care of uh, – there won't be no more 2-2 Atwell. God almighty, that was hard to watch, to say the least. I mean, are you kidding me? That I mean, he sliced and diced that entire defense. That was brutal to watch last year. Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, th- that defense quit that game, so. No, yeah. They, they did, well, they had no idea what to do. You got Brownlee on 2-2, and then you don't have Asante Samuel Jr., best corner, on 2-2 Atwell. Don't understand that. That's another. We've already talked enough about that. But that was that was idiotic. One of the silliest, one of the five silliest things we saw there on the defense during that season. Um, up next, yeah. October second. Yeah, it was terrible. So October second, the Syracuse Oranges are coming in town, gentlemen. It's just the orange. It's not the oranges. Well, I mean, the, it's a single. Orange. It's a single orange. There's multiple oranges coming in town, right? Or is it just one orange? It's just one giant collective orange. Dang, gosh, crap. Well, juicy. I'm, yeah, this game, I don't think it's going <laughs> to. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah, you've been waiting for that moment. But yeah, Florida State versus Syracuse. Gentlemen, what are we thinking? When? Don't need to spend much time on it. No, nah, I don't think so either. Uh, yeah, my question is you know, has there been a coach that's lost their luster as quick as Dino Babers, man? You know, like. I, I I think it's a fair question to see if he's, is he even the coach when that, this game rolls around. You know, it, I think he's one of the ones that are on the on the super hot seat going into the season. So, you know, I I, I think this is a, a, an easy win for Florida State. Yeah, I think Florida State takes care of business in this one. You know, even though FSU is down right now, I think Syracuse is down even more. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. Syracuse has a weird opening to the schedule. Like to Nate's point, like they start out at Ohio, then play Rutgers, Al- Albany, and then Liberty. Which you can't sleep on Liberty. It's a weird schedule, but you could if they lose any of those games, you could easily see Babers not being the coach anymore. So it, it's an interesting schedule before they play Florida State. Yeah, yeah. Rutgers isn't going to be a, an easy game with Shiana. And he's a really good coach. Nah. So yeah, um, very smart. You know. So I'm, I mean, I, I think Syracuse is. Definitely going to be one of the worst teams in the conference this year. Yep. And here we go. This is definitely going to be a primetime matchup, probably a 3.30, even maybe an evening one here. But this is going to be Florida State's game against North Carolina. The Tar Heels are coming into the season ranked at number 10. It's October 9th. They'll be playing up there in Chapel Hill. This one's interesting to me. I think Florida State, at this point, I'm going to go ahead and mark them as the second 
loss of the season so far. I think Sam Howell is going to play really good this this season. I think you know, I don't I don't think UNC after last year they're going to want to get their revenge. This is up there in Chapel Hill. I, I just don't see Florida State winning this. I think the defensive line will be better to to get this Sam Howell, but still Sam I think is is going to be one of those top quarterbacks will be going in the NFL draft, and this is a. This is just a defense that's still kind of working on some things, but I, I hope this will be at least competitive. And I think, though, the advantage is that if it is really Jordan Travis, I think that game is going to be high points, high points throughout, in my opinion. But I think in the end, the Tar Heels win. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, North- uh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, North Carolina, they lose a lot on offense, but we all know how terrific of a quarterback. Um, Sam Howell is, and he's the type of guy that that can make the guys around him even better. That said, UNC is very average on defense, in my opinion. So I think Florida State, you know, it's going to be important for them to come in with a good offensive game plan because this is one where I I feel like it's probably going to be a shootout. You know, both teams are going to have a chance to score a lot of points. I'm just going to go with Sam Howell in the end because, like you said, Logan, UNC, this game is going to be penciled on their schedule. They want revenge on Florida State after last year and and I think that they're going to get it. I'll take UNC by 10. Okay. Uh, I I think um you know the conference itself is kind of lucky about the timing with Sam Howe coming when he has in the way that they're recruiting on defense. Um you know they've done a, a tremendous job recruiting on defense the last 2 years. Um their their front their front four um within two years is going to be one of the best in the country. Um, and I, I would say top three, it would not be um, unrealistic. Um, they have a linebacker in Rhaenyria Dilworth, who on, on Cocker Talk we had as our number one player in the country. Um, you know, th- this guy is a, a tackling machine, run, runs a, a, a laser time 4-3. He's 8-6-2, 210 as a linebacker and just – is going to be phenomenal in college. Um, but like, like you said, Dustin, um, you know, the, the defense is, is not great. And um, they're very young. They have a lot of skill. I think offensively they lost a lot. Um, but I still think Sam Howell is the best quarterback in the country. Um, I, I, I think, it, too, it's a highly competitive, high-scoring game. But I think North Carolina pulls it out. So I think that will be FSU's second loss of the season. They're going to be motivated extremely motivated after that loss last year in Tallahassee. Um, a, a game that really they only, they only got smacked the first half and charged the second half. Yeah, charged the second half and, you know, really gave Florida State really gave Florida State a scare thinking they might have blown that chance, but they're mm-hmm. going to they're gonna have the circle. They're going to they're gonna be, um, you know, crossing their T's, dotting their I's, heading into that week. But on the flip side, Mac Brown has still never beaten Florida State as a head coach, and he is a Florida State grad. <laughs> so, like, I kind of want to, like, you know, yeah, I kind of want to throw like it out there, but I, I'm still going to take UNC. I'm not going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. We'll say well, last I, I just think too, they I have Sam Howell takes that next that, 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 yeah. that next step this year. This, this is his money year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's got to. Another game I will be at in person. So hopefully we don't lose, but we probably will. Yeah, we've had some bad luck with you coming to games and such. I, All right. We okay. need to restrict Everyone's you. You're going to three games game. this year, really? Yeah. I mean, well, that's what happens. Austin. When you, Sacrifice for the team. Okay. Austin. 
This is what will what will change your luck is if you interview recruits. No, it's not happening. <laughs> I, I knew you were saying it. I knew you were trying to cut you off. It's not happening. I'm telling you. <laughs> it will change the whole game. Yeah, well, that puts us halfway. Yeah. That puts us halfway through the predictions. I think right now you guys are all at four and two, and I'm at three and three. Okay. I like this because up next is a bye week on October 16th, and then back in action, UMass and Walt Bell coming down. I I want FSU to score um, 100. (laughs) I I hope that FSU does, you know, FSU should not take the the foot off the gas, and they should just, man, Walt Bell. Outside of the obvious games like, you know, Florida, Mm -hmm. Clemson, whatever, nothing would make me happier than a spiked baseball. It just shutting him uh, out. I would yeah. be so happy. <laughs> I don't know, guys. You know, UMass, they're obviously a, a very talented team. You know, there's some well, real underdogs. Have, they won a game last Shut year. Your mouth. No, I'm no. Pretty, I, I think they might have won one game. I remember I bet on Walt them Bell. one time and they won. And I was like, wow. Well, that was one of the worst coaches in the country. <laughs> so, and UMass is also a, a hard place to win football games. So I, well, I think Florida State, they're, they're going to win this one by 40-plus. Well, I'm glad they're playing it in Doak then. Be worried about playing up there in Massachusetts. That would be a struggle. Yeah, I think Florida oh, State wins yep. this game. Yeah. Don't think it will be on primetime, though. Don't think so. No. Nope. Oh, man, here's a good one here. This is where it really gets fun, gentlemen. Saturday on October 30th, the night before Halloween, Florida State will be playing in Death Valley against the Clemson Tigers. They're coming in as number three in the country. Gentlemen, Dabo Sweeney, Nates, one of his top three favorite coaches in all of sports, will be there facing against Mike Norvell. They, so did not face, that, they didn't face each other last year. Got to remember that. No, I hope coming into this game that Dabo gets chlamydia. It misses the oh game. Um, nothing will make me feel um, any better than <laughs> just this scumbag piece of crap. Um, TV why, evangelist coach. Why chlamydia? Um, that's just what popped in my head first. Because um, I, I don't want to wish you know long term harm on anyone, yeah. especially you know I, I, after COVID and going through that. But, mm-hmm. but you know I, I, I wouldn't mind for it to burn a little bit for him when he pees. So you know, but you know I mean, couldn't just wish for him to have like a kidney stone or something. Something no, like that. That's 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 awful. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't wish that on my on my worst enemy. You know, I would not. I would not wish that on my worst enemy. That is horrible. Um, now, but you know, for for me, I, I just want to see a better game. You know, you know, there's an obvious you know talent difference. Uh, you know, a, a, a vast discrepancy right now. Um, I just want to see FSU be competitive. You know, th- that game um, is uh, the should be the standard bear game for, for, for the conference. And it has the business 2016 and, and Florida state's gotten just drug against Clemson. So I would like to see them come out and be competitive, but it, it's going to be a loss. It, I, as long as it's closer than the last time we played there, uh, mm-hmm. which was, if you need a refresher was 45 to 14 and it never even felt that close. As long as it's closer than that, I, I'll be somewhat satisfied. Um, I had, Clemson's obviously got too much talent. They've, they've had too much talent for years now, going on, you know, three quarters of a decade. Um, 
I, 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 I do think they take a drop off a quarterback. You know, obviously, oh, yeah, Lawrence, yeah. But you know, but I, I don't think you go lately. How we say is you can lately when pronounce his fucking name. <laughs> it, I, it, I say is, the same thing. It's going to be on that level. Um, you know, they still, despite all their success, they, you know, the running, the running, running backs aren't very deep. You know, they have a lot of skill at, at wide receiver. Um, it's a little unproven, but I think defensively, you know, they're, you know, they have the best, you know, assistant coach in the country and Brett Renables. I think he's the best defensive coordinator in the country. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough, it's, it's a tough team, man. You know, they just have it rolling right now. So, yeah, I have for Clemson will lose this game, but, uh, Florida State will lose, but, I just wanted to be some competition in there. And I do think yep. Florida State, uh, things Clemson has kind of came down a little bit. Florida State has a long ways to go, but Clemson isn't going to have that kind of year, I don't think. You know, I, I think they're going to have some close games. I don't think they, I think they, I think they have about two, two losses, maybe three, three losses overall in the entire season. <sighs> I think so. Nah. Overall, Man, you're, including you're crazy. Including both. Clemson, I, I, who's going to challenge them in ACC? Like, yes, Clemson is still the most talented team in a week ACC. So in a little playoff loss. I think there's going to be some upsets. No, I'm no, I think crazy. right now you look at you, you look at Georgia and North Carolina as the two teams that can compete with Clemson right now on their Throughout schedule. The season. Yeah, and I like that Georgia starting off the season first. Like I think later on in the mm-hmm. season, Dabo would have them, but starting off the season against Georgia. I think it's a little bit more interesting there. I think it favors Georgia, in my opinion. I don't trust Kirby Smart later on in the season. I think hey, Clemson won last time that they were in this scenario. I don't, I, I don't, I don't trust Kirby Smart, period. <laughs> yeah, well, no, not in a lot of ways. So we all agree. Yeah, I think Florida State, this is probably their their largest loss of the season. I think they lose by three-plus touchdowns. Dang, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Depressing. I'm just kidding. Uh, let's see. Next up, the NC State Wolfpack on November 6th and Doak Campbell Stadium in house. Maybe always good to see the Wolfpack. It's better than going up to Raleigh, but they're going to come down here to Florida State, Mike Norvell. I can't stand NC State fans. They're irritating. So I hope Florida State wins this. I do think they will be winning this game. Um, but I think a close game, though, for some reason, close. But I, I think for some reason, after the Clemson game, it'll be a little worn out. It's going to be a it's gonna be a tough game. That three, this three, this four game, five game stretch right here is tough, in my opinion. NC State might be a sneaky one in here out of all of those. Yeah, for, for me to get to to the win loss number, I want I have to either predict a loss against NC State or Miami, and I refuse to have us lose to Miami. So I'm gonna have us lose to <laughs> NC State here. <laughs> that's that's my only analysis. <laughs> um. um I, I I think that you know Forsey gets some gets some retribution from last year. I, I agree, with Logan. I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, not necessarily because you know North Carolina State's a great team. Um, you know, I, I just think it's coming off coming off Clemson. It's in a tough stretch. It just works out on the schedule. I just think it's, it's just going to be a tough game for FSU. But I think that they they pull out a you know. A, a a 30 21 30 24 type game yeah if florida state is gonna make a bowl game this season i think this is a game that they're gonna need to win so you know, i'm hoping once we get to this point of the season 
all those scenarios will kind of start unfolding themselves and the coaching staff will focus on, on how important this game ends up being. I think Florida State wins by a possession or two. Stan's asking in here, would you rather shock the world and beat Clemson or beat Miami and UF? I think the Miami answer there is UF. Miami and UF by a mile. Miami and UF. You guys yeah. aren't going to like to yeah. see my predictions in a couple games. No. Great. Well, I might be in, in, uh, in agreement here. But, yeah, I think Florida State wins this game, but close, just like Nate said. Next up is Miami Hurricanes. Rivalry here. I actually ran a poll on YouTube, so we'll be able to see what the fans also think about this one. But this is Saturday on November 13th. In-house and Doak, they're coming into the season number 14. Derek King, he should be fully healthy, really good to go. He's been practicing, but by then he'll be in true form with the season. Nate, you hate the Miami Hurricanes, so I'm going to let you have the floor first. What is your prediction on this game going down? So, um, you know, last year I predicted 82 nothing. Um, you know, I that didn't go very well. Three. It did not go very well. Um, um, you know, that, was, that was just not, 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 not a great game for FSU. Um, no. So, you know, Florida State's going to have Norvell. Um, I, I think you look at, at Miami. Um, you know, Derek King's coming off uh, an ACL injury. Um, you know, the offensive line. It's it's okay, not great. You know they're not awful. Um, you know, the running backs are are, are very solid. Uh, they have some question marks at the skill spots. Um, you know, you look at their defense; they they, they lose their two top defensive ends. Um, you know, and they haven't recruited very well there. Um, they've done more through the transfer portal, and you look inside at, at their defensive line, um, not spectacular. Um, you know they don't blow me away at at, at the at the second level, and their secondary. You know they get they get uh, Tyreek Stevenson from from Georgia, um, but the guy's been okay. You know everyone's making a big, you know to do. He comes over from Georgia. You know I mean he's he's been okay. You know a, a five star number two cornerback in the country. He's been I mean, man. Um, you know uh, the. I, I I think they're stronger in the secondary than they are in the front seven. Um, so I mean I I I look at this game and I I think this is going to be um, a statement game for Florida State. So I'm gonna say, you know, realistically, I think Florida State wins the game. Um, I, I'm not as high on Miami this year. I, I think it's a a a higher scoring, you know, 65 to 10 type game for Florida State. Nate, they were playing the war chant. I must say, it's tough. They're preparing for us three months out in advance. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot months. of preparation. So, so, so it's th- tough. That tells that tells me everything I need to know about this coaching staff is that the vaginas are so swollen heading into Alabama that they're focused on Florida State. Um, so, sixty-five to ten, Florida State. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely hilarious that they're facing Alabama, most arguably the best team in the country, and they're playing the war chant at practice. Like, can you not? Can Normanville not be in their head enough? I mean, holy smokes! That's pathetic. That is just sad. I, you know, I mean, Nate, Nate kind of summed up everything I wanted to say. So, you know, Florida State win. Yeah. You know, if this game was in September, I would have no problem picking Florida State to win, but I just think Derek King, 
he's going to have had enough time to get comfortable after coming back from that injury. And obviously they've got a good running back and Jalen Knighton, who we've seen make some plays against Florida State in the past. And to your point, Nate, I'm not really impressed with their defense at all. They lose like two or three of their top rushers off the edge. They've got Bubba Bolden back there in that secondary. Mm -hmm. I think he could turn out to be a really good player for them. And, you know, I just think Florida State, I think they're one year behind Miami right now. They're one year from winning this game. So I think Miami pulls it out in a close one. Yeah. So, yeah. so serious question. You know, I, I, I joke around with my, you know, my prediction. I hate Miami. But, you know, you see it every year. Guys come back from the injuries. And, you know, that, that first year, they are still, yes. they're not all there. We saw it with Keyshawn Hill last year. Yep, and, and here's a guy who depends on the athleticism part, being a smaller quarterback, you know, getting around in the pocket, getting outside the pocket. Um, you know, I, I, I think that while he may physically, I, I still think that someone who's been through three knee injuries, you, you, you the mental part is the hardest thing to get over. And I, I think that realistically and that, that has a legitimate impact on, on how D.R. King plays this year. You know, if we're talking two years out, yeah, but this is – you know, really, it's less than a year after the knee injury. So I, I think that's going to play a role, and, and I think he's, I think that will impact on uh, the offense and how he plays. Mm-hmm. I think it will hinder but, it too a little bit. And I completely agree. That's why I said if it was in September, I'm picking a dub. But I think by November, he'll have had enough time to get through mm-hmm. it enough to where he performs well enough to beat FSU. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sadly picking my. I don't want to predict this. I don't. I don't want to predict it either. But I'm about to have like Florida State going eight. Just like Roberto was saying earlier, I'm about to have him going friggin' ten and two. I got to chill out on the wins. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I, I'm predicting Florida State to lose this one. Sadly, um, I think it'll be a riled up environment in Tallahassee and all that kind of jazz. I just there's a I feel like there's always a Miami tight end that just takes advantage of Florida State's linebackers. And as we know, I'm still worried about the linebacker core going into this. And to this season, I, I, I'm worried about a lot of things at linebacker. I don't know. I've heard about Lundy. That's about it. Where's Emmett Rice at? So by then, you'll have Emmett Rice, but still a little, little worrisome. So I'm picking Florida State to lose this one, sadly. Uh, the next game up here on the docket will be the Boston College Eagles. They're going to be playing up there in Chestnut Hill on November 20th. I'm actually supposed to be up there with D. Lou for this game if everything works out. And this pandemic can chill a little bit. But, yeah, this is going to be, uh, I think, a steady. This is, you know, Miami, Boston College, and Florida up next. But, gentlemen, what do you guys think for Boston College? Eagles. I, I don't get the Boston College hype. But kind of in order to get to the win losses, I, I think Florida State gets to. I, I, I just think coming off of the stretch, uh, I, I think that Jeff uh, Hatley ha- is a good coach. I think that Boston College it, – it, you know, is a well-coached team. Um, they returned their quarterback who had at least a solid year last year. Um, and I, I just think place on the schedule, I, I think it's a, uh, just a really ugly late season uh, loss for FSU. Yeah, at least it's not a Friday night game. Like, at least you had mm-hmm. that going for us. But it's still it's still Boston yeah. in November. Yeah. Uh, who just, knows I, about the weather? Yeah, I just – and kind of same thing, like to get to the win loss record. I want, I'm, I'm going to have this as a loss. I think Boston College could surprise some people. Like Nate said, their coach is a pretty talented coach. I think he could do some things up there. Mm. Um, 
where, where they're at this year, we'll see. But I, I also have this one be a loss. I, I, yeah, I, I don't expect them to be at Boston College very long. I think he gets a bigger job, but I, I just think you know where it is on the schedule. I think you know Boston College is always a tough team. You know, you know physically, I, I just think that you know it, it, it's just an ugly game for FSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think uh, old friend Jaden Lars Woodby gets his revenge on Florida State. Ooh, man, that's, ugh, it's not gonna. If he, if fans he, aren't gonna be happy about that. If he's able Nate to recover a fumble, <laughs> <laughs> if he's able to recover a fumble, I think we're all gonna lose it. Oh I, man, I, I, I think that I think that the coaching staff will know uh, where to target the defense at in, in the passing game. So I'm not really concerned about. J- Jaden Lawrence would be. No, Aaron says they got would be. They have to win, right? Five stars. Um, Nate gets into another thing with the players, brother. What do you predict, Logan? Uh, I'm predicting Florida State to lose this game, too. Sadly, uh, it stinks. He's kind of wow. going on a little roll here. The last game, the win is against the, NC these, State. These last game five games are brutal. So it's, it's a tough stretch, man. I just don't think, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think against the Miami game, I don't know. I think these kind of games are not really toss-ups, but I think Florida State's one year behind Miami, and then Boston College, I think, is the coach. But I think there's, the battle between Norvell and him will be fantastic to watch. I, 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 think, I, think, both Mi- I think both Miami and, and, and Boston College are in that 50 to 55% win share, so 0. 0.5, 0. 0.55. I, 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 I'm Florida State's going to win one of those two games. Island boys being nice and optimistic on here and letting us know that this is not last year. All we need is what was a full off season. So it's good to have some optimism in here. Yeah, nice for sure. that. We've had too much optimism the last few years ending the season. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not leaving anything for chances this year. Sorry. Like I said, in the, in the Notre Dame part, <laughs> until they show us something like I'm not going to yeah. practice doing these kind of games. That, uh, this know, could change throughout the season on game weeks, but yeah, as of now, got to see this it. Is the, so, uh, this is I, I think at this point in the season, is when the lack of depth really starts to stand out because there's going to be injuries. There's going to be, you know, bruises, sprain. There's going to be players banged up. I think this is when you see uh, Florida State's true lack of depth start to kind of hurt them a little bit at this time of the season. And to finish off the season, Mr. Dan Mullen himself, Florida State will be traveling down to Gainesville for this one on November 27th. Good old Gainesville. The Florida Gators are coming into the season ranked number 13, guys. But it's going to be finally, you know, a lot of these, you didn't get to see Dabo versus Norvell. Now you get to see Dan Mullen versus Norvell. It's going to be fun. What do you guys think for Norvell's first matchup with the Gators? You know, does he get a rivalry win this this year, or does it just continue to where Florida State loses both? What happens? This is an interesting one. As, um, as- uh- Go ahead, Nate. Go ahead. Now you go ahead. As as much Trace. as I hate that goofy cornball <laughs> who wears Jordan trainers and khaki shorts that go below his knees and makes these dumb TikToks and probably won't ever win an SEC championship. They're a good team. He's a good coach. He's he's a good at progressing players he may not be the best recruiter I, as much as it pains me they'll probably win unless florida state just absolutely shocks me this year and shows so much more progression than last year but 
at Florida right now is a better team, as much as it pains me to say. And probably by I, I, a couple I, scores. I agree. I, I, I think it's a winnable game. I don't understand the people who think Emory Jones is going to be a great quarterback. Um, I, I think that's more um, indicative of Dan Mullen as a coach. I think he's a great X and O coach. I think he's one of the top five X and O coaches in the country. I think he's that good. Um, but he's just a horrible recruiter. And that's, a, that's what's going to limit his upside um, at Florida. Uh, you know, he's, he's not going to be able to compete with Georgia, LSU, Alabama, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because he's a, he just can't recruit. He's just and, and especially with Texas and Oklahoma joining yep. that conference soon. Yep. It, 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 so uh, he's a damn good coach. Um, I, I I think that you know Florida State is one to two years away from beating that team. So you know I I, I again this is a game where I want to see them be competitive. Um, because Mullen knows that he can't necessarily compete recruiting wise with this staff. He's got to show it on the field that. You know, his recruiting pitch has to be that, you know, I can develop you better team, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, that's why he put it on, on FSU a couple of years ago. And that's going to be, I think, his avenue. So I just want to see a competitive game, but I think FSU loses to Florida. Yeah, I think this one to me is going to depend on quarterback play along with Florida State's defense. I think Florida State will have the best QB unit there in Gainesville. Um, but I'm not sold after what we saw last year with Adam Fuller. Uh, Dan Mullen, I think, will definitely outcoach uh, Fuller in this game unless something changes like a whole 180 from last year, but that's what my worrisome is. I think Norvell, you've got two great offensive-minded coaches going at it. It will be another fun matchup there to look at, but you know, Emory Jones is nothing. I'm not too worried about him. I, I hope Fuller can take advantage and do some certain things to him and, and make him feel uneasy because this will be his big rivalry game. But, you know, I, I just don't trust Adam Fuller enough. So I think uh, Dan Mullen beats him there on that field. So I think my season prediction will end up six and six with Florida State losing to no, uh, UF. But no you have a chance at a ball game. Sure, ball. You'll have a you'll have a chance at a ball game, which is good. It's nice to have that, but not for me. I don't know. Whoa, whoa. Five and seven. Dustin, yeah. Five and seven. I'm taking a I'm taking a loss in this game. By the way, I haven't said it yet. I mean, you guys pretty much covered most of the bases. Yeah. But I just don't think I don't think Florida State's gonna have enough to beat UF this year. Just like the Miami game. I think they're probably a year behind, but then again, you know, Florida State could shock us throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Is this Dan Mullins last year in college football? I hope not. I hope it kind of ends up like Mike White at Florida and just has an eternal contract of just being good but not great. You know, nine and four every year, perfect. Yeah, fine with me. Mm -hmm. Just just like with Florida basketball, you, you can go twenty two and eight. That's fine. I don't care. Mm -hmm. It's fine. You're saying something. I got seven and five, and I I think that's. I Ooh. think Florida State eats it out. Where are your seven and five from? I got losing to Notre Dame, Clemson, Carolina, Boston College, Florida. You predicted a loss to UNC, didn't you? Yeah, yeah he, he said that. He said. he said Carolina. Yeah. Notre Dame, Carolina, Clemson, Boston College, Florida. And then I, and then I had a six, oh, okay, six, okay. Six. Mm. That is a six and six with losses to Notre Dame, Carolina, Clemson, NC State, Boston College, Florida. 
Okay, and then I've got losses to Notre Dame, uh, North Carolina, Clemson, Miami, Boston College, and Florida. Which, so, to, to be fair, six and six is a massive improvement from last season. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it's not the standard, but the big, you don't need to lose the game. There's yeah. games in here that talent wise you shouldn't be losing and plus the coaching staff that i think is on a different level than what willie had i mean you've these games like a wake forest you need to you need to win these games you can't continue to have wake forest be a threat anymore that used to never be a thing i used to be like this is so boring why am i going to this game it's gonna be over the second half i gotta still stay there and cover it but you know that now we're looking at it it's a freaking 3 30 prime time Afternoon kickoff. And you, and you can't continue to have road issues like we've had the last few no. years. Uh, this road schedule is brutal. Like at Wake Forest, what is whatever. But then you go at UNC, at Clemson, at Boston College, and at Florida. It's kind of tough. Um, yeah. But um, you got to at least show some competitiveness. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, we can all agree that seven and five, six and six, eight and four is not the standard at FSU. But, you know, everyone needs to understand just how far FSU has dropped off. And in, 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 it's part of the, the evolution of getting back. Um, you know, I think if, if something happens, you beat Notre Dame, then you can look at eight wins. And, and then, you know, that, that's a different story. But, you know, this team just doesn't have the depth yet. And, and I don't think they have necessarily what it takes to get to nine or ten wins. You know, but this 2022 class is going to be kind of what, what, what sets it up for FSU moving forward. So, yep. They got to make yeah. a bowl this year. They got to make a bowl. Yeah, this schedule. I mean, man, it is extremely tough. It does Florida State really no favors throughout the entire season. So, I mean, that's that goes along with my record. You know, predicting five and seven with an outside chance. I think to get to six and six and get to a bowl game, depending on how Florida State you know plays throughout the season. So we'll just have to see how things work out. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely not the standard, but the last couple of years we've gotten on here and been a, been a little too high on FSU, I think. So it was important to come in here with a, a realistic outlook tonight. And we all did that except for Nate. Thank you, Nate. And re- I mean, you said no uh, favorites why, in the schedule. Why is seven and five unrealistic? It's just, I just don't see it happening. I, 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 th- I think it's not going to happen. That's why. What do you say, Austin? So I think if you can get to if you beat Notre Dame, I think you can easily get to seven. Because I, I think beating Notre, Notre Dame, Dame you get well, that just the whole momentum there. That it's, I mean, yeah, that's that's team, it raises our expectations. I mean, they're doing whatever for Norvell. Then Shit. it just raises our expectations, raises the momentum. You beat you go beat Notre Dame, that whole city goes insane. I agree. I think the best case scenario for Florida State is you come out and beat Notre Dame. You beat Jacksonville State, obviously. You go out to Wake and win one. You beat Louisville and you beat Syracuse, and you're going into UNC five and zero. But that just that would mean everything has to come together perfectly, and it's just hard for me to see that right now. I don't disagree. You know, at, I'm just saying it's not that some, unrealistic. Yeah, at, at some point the football gods are going to ease up on <laughs> FSU. You know, hopefully, the football man. Gods, <laughs> We're, we're still getting up on Florida State. We're still getting, you know, getting hated on for the no injury 2013 season. We put all of our all of our luck into one pot there. God. And just still paying for it, you know, eight years later. That's what happens, man. I it will change the whole momentum though for that team. 
a lot of buy-in will happen. If there's still some second thoughts on Norvell in that locker room, that would change a lot. Even if it's a competitive game and it's like where the line is at right now, I mean, it's a touchdown, isn't it? Um, so like looking at that, things are slimming down. And if Florida State is able to just have that be a quote unquote, not not, not going to be a win in the books or anything, but have it be a close competitive game going into the last bit of the fourth quarter, that locker room, I still, that's some momentum too. You know, you just can't get blown out. If you get blown out, that really is not a not, not that's a, the worst case scenario yeah yeah and, yeah and really i know you said no favors in the schedule but at least the last five games aren't the first five games <laughs> like at least you have that going for you yeah like, there's a there's a very 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 slim outside chance that you go into clemson <clears throat> six and one like very slim mm. I, I think like it could have been worse yeah. Where you just look at it and go, yeah, we might be six and one going to clubs. And I don't think it happens, but you know, it's nice mm. to think about. Yeah, it is. Well, gentlemen, I think that's it for the record predictions pod. Got that down. That means we are one week, practically next week, we'll be previewing Florida State versus Notre Dame and dialing in there for you guys. It feels crazy to think we've made it through the off season. It's been all kinds of storylines, guys, up and down. And we'll recap it next week. But what what an off season. Craziness, craziness. Um, but yeah, record predictions are in for everybody. And Dustin has them being losers and not making a bowl game again. So that stinks. But I didn't predict that last year, I don't think. I, don't I was think so. I was too high. I was too high on my horse last year. Stop being high and sober. I, 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 I think last year. <laughs> I think last year you were nine and three. Uh, no way, I was. <laughs> no way, you're full of <laughs> eight and four, and maybe. Were, no, I think I, I think Austin and I were eight and four, and Logan was like ten and uh, eleven and one. Yeah, stop! 29. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Golly, stay off the weed. Any basketball updates real quick before we get off? This has been a very long episode, as expected. Yeah, any kind of Come on, man. Ba- basketball. Um, oh, it's no, good nothing, content. Nothing basketball. people viewing. Yeah. Nothing basketball. The only thing I want to say is Heath asked me what jersey I was wearing. So, thought it was a Trent Utah jersey. No, it's it's a Pete Maravich jersey. Went with a classic today. Okay. But no basketball updates. No basketball updates from Austin. Austin's getting in football form, baby. He's back. He's This is the most he's talked on the well, show. I'm trying. Yeah, just, know, just, if I could get some time off work. <laughs> it, it, it's going to be super exciting you know, Sunday when I drag him to go interview a recruit. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious when I'm sitting in basketball practice watching them yeah. <laughs> instead of doing that. Yeah. 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 Give him the rundown. All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Uh, Proud 90. Always shout out to them. Proud90.com, manscaped.com, along with our friends over there at Hobbit. Love them. Definitely appreciate them helping us out. If you guys haven't yet, I suggest join the Patreon, patreon.com slash null game day. It's here on the screen. $2.99 a month. If you go there right now, $2.99 a month, you can join in there. We're in a group chat. I'll be going to the games, doing live updates on here, talking to you guys, telling you who's taking first team reps at quarterback, seeing how the warmups are going and everything. I'll be doing that. $2.99 a month, patreon.com slash null game. Hey, get all uh, your inside uh, news uh, and nuggets. I want to mention, too, you know, the the post game show I'll be doing with Mark Rogers. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'll be doing an instant reaction with uh, Steve over from Unconquer Talk. So, you know, we'll, we'll have a, some guests here and there. Logan will pop in. We may have Dustin from time to time, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have some real guests pop in and, uh, you know, give their feedback and thoughts on the game. But 
that, that's going to be through the Mark, Mark Rogers network. We'll so, likely do uh, a reaction here too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah well, we'll, the, the content we'll, is. We'll, yep. Content's going to be it, everywhere. It, it, and y'all are going to see I yeah, mean, it'll be good the time. content here is about to be rocking game pieces. We got writers meeting this weekend and such. So a lot of stuff coming. Also to note real quick, I we've had, we have so much stuff to talk about. Travis Hunter, Nate, first game. Thoughts real quick. Yeah, how, how do we quick. not talk about that, man? So, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, there's really no, there's no more adjectives. There's no more, no you can't just there's no you can't just say anything else about this kid that hasn't already been said. Um, you know, the kid's just flat dominant. Um, you know, and it's what's crazy is that he may be even more dominant in pads than what he is in shorts. And and, and that's crazy to say. So this kid deserves his one point zero zero recruit ranking. Um, you know, he's the surefire number one player in the class. He's one of the best players I, I I've ever seen at this stage in their career. And he's coming to FSU, so you should be excited. Yeah, and that was a heck of a game on Saturday night. I swear it didn't start till like nearly midnight for whatever reason, but regardless, like we were in the Discord hanging out, watching the game. And I mean, that kid is just insane. I mean, it makes no sense. He had two easy touchdowns um, through the air, he had another one that got called back, he threw a touchdown. He got an interception. I think it was 13 catches, 232 yards. I mean, man, it was just the Travis Hunter show all night. You know, whenever he got on the field, you knew, you knew he was going to make a play. And the thing that stood out to me maybe the most was even when they were – I can't remember the team's name off the top of my head. But even when they were kind of blowing them out, handling them late in the game, you saw Travis Hunter on that field continuing to take snaps up until the two- or three-minute mark of the game before he finally got pulled. I just think that shows his mentality, his will to want to be out there and and go get the dub. What, what coach in the right mind is going to single cover him? It happened too many times during that high school game. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah. Like really like, like I don't get it, but you know, I I, didn't, I, 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 I've, I've moved past uh, the best player in the last two or three years. You know, th- this kid's turning into a generational talent. Um, he's just so- – he's a freak. He's a freak. He's a freak athlete. And like Dustin said, anywhere you saw him on the field, you were watching him uh, compete. Like, it's just not even fair. He's physical, too. I remember him stiff-arming and I almost think he punched him. But he's just got that dog mentality, and I think it's key there. You note on D'Lu about him competing throughout the whole game, and that game was over the fourth quarter easily um and you know he stays in there and competes and that's just who he is and he throws a freaking touchdown i mean i think the coach is just showing the country about how he can do everything and it goes to show this kid just doesn't get tired i think this coach on the broadcast yeah. mentioned to the announcers and exactly what i was gonna bring get, up he just does not get tired he just doesn't get tired i mean look at these catches i mean I think there was a touchdown too that didn't cause. They said it was out of bounds. It was foot like at a smidge out of bounds too, but it was a phenomenal catch mm-hmm. though. I mean, but, man, through the first three quarters, you can probably count the amount of plays he was out of the game on one hand. Like he was in for the entire game and making yeah. plays throughout. Yeah. So Travis Hunter, that's only one game, and it's crazy to think that we're sitting here. You know, we were. I was on a on a Friday night sitting here getting ready to watch a high school game. I have not done that really since I was playing high school football. So it's crazy to see he's got that kind of yeah. – uh, he's got that Travis, presence. 
Travis Hunter produces the he produces the results and the statistics that a lot of these kids lie about. You know, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of these kids kind of falsify their stats, but this kid's putting up that ridiculous just stat lines. You know, yeah, kids on pace for 150 catches and over 2,000 yards. <laughs> you know, just come on, dude. Yeah, like it's it is. It is showtime. Just like Stan, that be the next prime time. It is showtime. Got everybody watching it, man. Never seen anything like it in the Florida State fan base in a long time. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Hit that like button. Rate us five stars if you want on iTunes. Definitely appreciate it. Thank you also, Roberto Aguayo, for hopping on here. Everybody have a great rest of y'all's week, and we will be previewing Florida State versus Notre Dame next week on the pod. Everybody have a great rest of y'all's week. Game week. Yeah.